What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Really excited to bring you. You know what? Let's just not waste any time. Okay. <clears throat> I've prepared a song. I've only seen and heard a little bit of what it, it can be, so I'm nervous for everyone. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Juice Mason is here. As we enter the end of 2022 into 2023, we don't care about copyright tonight. It's time to celebrate. Yes. Sacramento stand up. Hey, Kings, they like to play together. The team is doing something, sold out crowds, no fair weather. It's been 16 years, need to be playoff bound. Gonna feel that noise, that golden one center sound. Say Fox and Sabonis, have you seen them yet? Ooh, the offense is so spaced out. Turn on the fucking Jets. Oh, but they're weird and they're wonderful. Oh, Brown has them playing the We got that electric team Feels like a dream So baby, won't you like the beam? Oh, turn on the fucking jet Turn the fucking jet go Turn the fucking jet go Oh, boy You heard me, baby? Turn yeah. on the fucking jet Turn the fucking jet go Wow. Thank you, everybody. Wow. I appreciate you guys being here for a special performance here on Night Chat. Thank you. Voice of an angel. Voice of an effing angel. Thank you so much. The crowd. Thank you. They love it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Oh, the up and so spaced out. Turn on the fucking jets. Oh, there he goes. Oh, but they're winning. They're wonderful. Yes. Oh, Brown has them playing D. They got an electric team. It must be a dream. <laughs> oh, baby, won't you like to be him? Oh, turn on the fucking jets. We're celebrating that now. Thank you so We're much. We're celebrating that now. Yep. Wow. Wow. Deuce, your your singing voice going into 2023 wasn't as screamy and almost hit like a tune. That was good. You know, end of 2022 into 23, we had to bring a little spice to the show tonight. See, see so Digital Henry, my ears hurt so good. Look, I'm willing to give those lyrics to someone else to actually sing it, but I felt like my passion <laughs> and energy is what really set the standard tonight. Oh, and I'm just here for the show, baby. Uh, Let's go. I uh, appreciate you guys being here. Let's stop wasting time. We're popping some champagne. Yeah. Final show of 2022. Coming down. Three, two, one. Hit my music. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. 
Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The pocket that you know. Welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, the final night chat of 2022. And Morgan just popped some champagne because we are sent back. Sipping and enjoying what we just witnessed tonight at the G1C. It went down to the wire and big shot after big shot. Teams exchanging blows left and right, but the Kings come out on top, beating the Utah Jazz at Golden One Center 126 to 125. And what a game it was. Don't call him Sabonis, call him Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Demonis Sabonis did not miss a shot. Kevin Herter was a monster with a career night. And Fox had a big fourth quarter. Kings get the win. They're now 19 and 15. This time last year, they were 15 and 22. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? What another elite recap to start the show. Wow, Deuce. I am feeding you far too many compliments in the uh, span of like five minutes. This is not healthy for anybody. How are you doing tonight, bro? I, well, obviously, I'm doing great. You're getting compliments. Kings win. I'm drinking a bottle of bubbly. <laughs> like, it's a great way to finish off 2022. We already said that with a W. You know, it just, there, there's something about it that feels different, especially having to grind this one out against a team that has some weapons. It was also closing out the homestand the right way. Yes. Right. Kind of a disappointing start to the homestand when you lose to the Hornets, you lose to the Wizards. Yet that game against the Nuggets without Sabonis, you lost. But they responded. It's not exactly how the Kings drew it up. Oh, you know, doing this at home during this homestand. But you get back-to-back wins, one over the Nuggets, and one over a Jazz team that's really good. Yeah. They've got some legit weapons, including Markinen, who was tremendous tonight. 36 for him. Looks like an all-star. But, man, where do you start with this one, Morgan? In this Kings win. As we start with somebody, and I think I have someone I want to start with first, and it was the big shot at the end, Kevin Herter. Let's start with all the good. But I did want to say, I came into this game thinking, you know, oh, it's one of those games that you should win, that you should win. But when I look at it in that bundle of Charlotte, Washington Wizards, and then the Utah Jazz, and the Jazz have been such a surprisingly good team with good individuals on the squad and not to say like Washington doesn't have that either you know but at the same time it was still going to be a different type of challenge of this is one of those teams you're supposed to be and especially with the way that they've been playing up and down um since November yeah but I you, you say should win just because it's on your home floor right because this is a really good team they've had that's, some nice wins this year no and that's what that's my whole point to all of that deuce so well, let's talk about Kevin Herter because he had that big shot late. Fox into the front court, into the paint, pulls up, trying to tie it around. A two-bouncer, no good. Kept alive by the Kings. Back to Fox. Floater, way short, no good. Rebound grabbed by Harrison Barnes. Swings to Herter. Three on the way. He's got the triple. Sacramento takes the lead. 30 points, a season high for Herter. And it's 9.2 seconds to go in the ball game. It's also a career high for Kevin Herter. His previous best came when he was playing for Atlanta in the 2019 campaign at Philly when he had 29. 
He finishes with 30 points, mm. 12 of 18 shooting, 6 of 10 from downtown Morgan Reagan. He was hitting big shots. He's playing in control. In the fourth quarter, he had 15 on 6 of 8 and hit 3 of 4 from downtown in that fourth quarter. Yeah, he was not only coming off into this game hot, hitting some of his threes early, but the way that he finished off this game is really where you give him all the love in those big moments, that big shot right there. And it was cool because he only had six points in that last game in that Nuggets win that Malik Monk had 30. And I got to, we got to talk to him after the game and I asked him something about, Hey, what makes this win so special, you know, career high and a special fourth quarter for you. And he said, really, it was how, each teammate a different night they could just be on and he's like the other night like I got to sit back and watch other guys you know really succeed and flourish on the floor and that's what he got to be tonight and that's not always an easy thing to do when you have to one night be you know starting playing 30 minutes and then the next night you're playing 17 and watching your team from the bench yeah he stayed ready great teammate here's what he had to say after the game great feeling obviously uh you know, just for us to keep that possession alive. I think we had two offensive rebounds in there. Uh, Fox trying to get to the get to the bucket, um, just keeping that ball alive. You know, it's a will to win just by everybody who was on the court. And um, yeah, I'd missed one from the same spot about a minute earlier. Was definitely wanted it back and um, was able to knock down the second one. It was part of a huge sequence. You know, I thought down the stretch too, Utah did some interesting things that forced Mike Brown's hand. You know, they loved having Davion Mitchell, and we're gonna get to him in a second. But he had to take Davion Mitchell out with a minute 31 to go because Will Hardy was like, I'm going big. I'm yep. putting Kessler in there, marking it in there. Mm. I'm putting Olenek. You're going to need some big bodies in there to get a rebound. So Brown was like, all right, Keegan Murray, get on in there. Keegan doing a good job, making that nice extra pass to Herter who hit that big time shot. And I, it, it was such a satisfying moment at Golden One Center because it was so incredibly loud after Oops. that shot by Kevin Herter. Yes. And I was talking to multiple coaches before the game. I talked to Luke Lauks a little bit, talked to Dutch Gately, two of the Kings' new assistants. You know, Luke was in Phoenix last year before that Golden State. Dutch was in Charlotte before in San Antonio. And I was asking both of them, like, dude, what was that for like for you last game? The yeah. vibes. And yeah. Both of them were like, it's crazy that it was that loud for a Wednesday night game in December. Let's go. And Luke said, you know, this it was as loud as playoff games at Oracle when I was with the Warriors back in the day. So they're feeling it. And you have to imagine as a player, like Kevin Herter coming from Atlanta. No offense to there's some Loyal Hawks fans, but let's not get it twisted. Yeah. Not a crazy honest. home court advantage, right? right? You look at them, a lot of times it's empty, even with a good team. Mm-hmm. Dude. The place was raucous tonight. And if you're a player, you want to play in an atmosphere like that. You feed off that. And anybody that's ever been an athlete in their life, or even a performer in their life, right? Mm. When a crowd just goes wild, it pops for you. Like, think about what wrestlers feel like. It's It brings a certain type of energy and adrenaline to your body and sometimes to an entire team. And so it is so cool that Kings can have that home court advantage. And one of the things that you shared with me before the game was marketing talking about, you know, playing up against the Kings at Golden One Center, what what you know, what are you trying to do? And he's like, trying to avoid the beam. Trying to avoid <laughs> the beam. And I love that line because it's like, yep, because you know if that beam's coming, shit's getting louder in Golden One Center. Yeah, the light the beam chance were crazy tonight after that herder 
uh, three-pointer to put the Kings up for good. So Herter bounced back in a big way, and I thought he just had great balance. He was getting to his spots. He also mentioned after the game, he goes, look, I got off to a really hot start this season, and teams started defending me differently, and tonight I was just making sure to stay aggressive, and he was. He wasn't just settling for three-pointers. He was in the mid-range. He was attacking. I thought it was great tonight, and of course, it helps when you knock down your outside shots. I just felt like he was going through a stretch where even with some of the outside shots were falling, you're like, that's got to fall at some point. Yeah. And they definitely fell tonight. You could feel a different type of confidence from him coming into this game. And sometimes, like, it's just guys are going to have different types of nights. And you just hope that they could be more consistent with Kevin Hurd like we saw in the beginning of the season, right? Like, we knew at some point it would go down, but when he started hitting a slump, that's when it was like, okay, when do you get out of this slump? Um, he has found little ways in games to make an impact but a game like this is exactly what he needed going into the new year and did you see what kendrick perkins tweeted Ooh. out after the Ooh. game he says the hawks front office got some explaining to do <laughs> i don't know how in the hell they traded kevin herter i guess they didn't realize how important having a sniper is don't mind me though and carry the hell on oh and i believe kevin herter did like that tweet oh Oh, give it to them. No, but, um, you know, I, I just, it was it was great for Kevin to bounce back and have an awesome night. I feel like we talk about Sabonis all the time, so I'm just, we're going to save him for a second. Okay, we'll save him. Did we do enough Herder? Do you have anything um, else to say about Kevin Herter? Yeah, no. I think I think that's enough Herter. Career high, 30. Good for him. What um, about that last sequence, though? The offensive rebounds, just attacking. You know, Fox had those two shots. That you're like, how did he miss that? And those are his shots. Yeah, Weird. they were short, and he was exhausted. And by the way, another game where Fox played the entire fourth quarter, he came back into the game in the third quarter, Morgan, with 2.58 to play. He played the rest of the game. And reminding you that last game, he was in from the 2.05 mark mm. all the way until the end, too. So second straight game where he's playing big-time crunch time minutes, and he did have 10 points in the fourth quarter. He's needed. It's important. You even saw the way that he was creating there at the end. Why do you think Kevin Herter was so wide open? Because the defense mm. collapsed in the paint on De'Aaron Fox. I mean, not only because that everyone was crashing the boards sure. as well, right? Trying to get that rebound. Who got the rebound? The multiple rebounds. The Kings did a fantastic job uh, pushing it back out and finding the open man with that one more swing pass to Kevin Herter, who... You could tell he was, like, ready for it. it. was like, no, 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 I got it this time. Just give it to me. And he did it. Here's what Mike Brown had to say about that final sequence. I just I, I saw our guys being relentless. You know, I thought Foxy got his hand on one. I thought Domas got his hand maybe on another. And so it, it, it was just a, a will to go get it. And, you know, w when you see that, you know, again, that, that's the competitive spirit that you want to see night in and night out because that in itself can help you win games. You know, you can end up playing an ugly game, but if your competitive spirit's there, if you compete, you're going to have a good chance to win. And they did. They had 10 offensive rebounds that turned into 16 second chance points in this game, including that big one for three late. They battled. They, I mean, the effort yeah. was incredible by this entire squad. That's what I loved. Like, even when you saw certain things go wrong, Jordan Clarkson started going off early in that third quarter and things were just getting, you know, chipping and chipping away when they had a 10-point lead. And 
every time you saw something happen, you never saw them give up in their body language, give up in the way that they played, uh, kept battling through and truly uh, not only on that last offensive possession, the way they battled for those rebounds, but then that last defensive possession, Harrison Barnes, wonderful job Dude. contesting that shot, marking well, in, and then Damian well, Mitchell the box out. Let's rewind yeah. that though, right before that, right? Because they had oh. the initial inbound after the play, right? Timeout. And Fox did a great job of swiping down, and the ball was deflected, goes off Barnes out of bounds on that marking and drive. I lost my mind Same. that sequence. I about I threw my headset going, I can't, it's King's ball. And the replay comes up. It's like, oh, that was off Barnes. But anyway, just him deflecting that out of bounds. Great. Make them take it out again. You're right. Barnes played some nice defense, and then Mitchell with the box out. So, yeah, fantastic by the Sacramento Kings. Late game. I Executing. Mean, you're up 119-111 with under three to play. You feel like you got to win that game. And Utah would not go away. I mean, Clarkson with some big plays, getting to the line. Markinen was hmm. just outrageous. Good for him. And Will Hardy with those rotations, yeah, though. That just was a, a great, smart, a smart it head It was. Coach. It was like, hey, you know what? We're going to tweak some things. Will Hardy, who, by the way, is 34 years old. Little shit. Yeah, you little shit. You little shit. You're, you're young. young. You're a little young NBA coach. Why I oughta. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us this is the final uh, show of 2022. Correct. All right, uh, next guy we're going to give some love to tonight, Davion Mitchell. Oh, yes, it's time. He last, deserves it. Last game, that guy was unbelievable. Tonight, he gets into the game, and I like what we saw tonight. We saw a little more Fox Mitchell lineups tonight because Mitchell's like, you got to play me. You got to keep me on the floor. He had such a huge impact on this game. Colin Sexton is a really really good young player who last year, you know, you know, the ACL thing, mm. he's tough. Like he, and he had been playing well since coming back from this last injury, shooting over 54%, over 60% from three. He can be lethal at times. Davion Mitchell had him in handcuffs. Davion Mitchell clamped his ass down. Clamp. And that's another thing that the crowd feeds off of. And then in turn, Davion feeds off of it more. He was all over him. I mean, he was forcing him into some tough, tough looks. Uh, there, even when he made one on Mitchell, it was tough. Oh, yeah. Whenever he made one on Mitchell, I was like, how the hell did he do that? But then so many other times, Mitchell just, I, I always use this word with when describing Davion Mitchell's defense, the disruption he adds, he brings um, with his defensive play, especially his on-ball defense, is just on another level. Because think about it just from this perspective, you guys. As a point guard, you're already... You're dribbling, eyes up. You're at the NBA level, right? You know, you know, you got good feel for the ball. But then when you have someone actively just digging their hands are going so once in a while you're having to look back down at the ball your eyes aren't up you're not seeing the entire floor your vision is different so just those little things matter it matters an entire uh way to break down a, an opponent's offense and just davion mitchell is like the head of the snake when it comes to that lately how about the play in the first quarter when he literally ripped the ball from sexton Oh, yeah. Keegan gets it, gives it back to him, and he throws the lob. It's Colin Sexton. The ball's ripped out of his hands. Steal. It's grabbed by Keegan Murray after the rip away by Davion. Lead pass. Philippe Monk on the receiving end of the alley-oop. And that was certainly crowd-pleasing, to say the least. 24-21 Sacramento. Davion Mitchell doing it on both ends of the floor, and Malik Monk above the iron to finish it off. Davion did it. 
on Sexton. He got in the Clarkson, drew an offensive foul on him. He does it like every single game. I know we all want to, to, to get to a point where Davion is more consistent offensively tonight, but when you look at his under 23 minutes tonight and he had six points, three assists, if you just were one of those stat hoses, Morgan calls you. Yes, stat hoses. You'd be like, oh, whatever. What did he do? What, what, what did you he do? You didn't watch the game. Huge impact on this game tonight. Facts. And he was money for Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's, it's interesting when you do look at that stat line, and I know you want him to contribute on that offensive end. But truly, Deuce, seeing him play the amount of minutes he did tonight, too, with 23 minutes, it was like he earned it. He kept going, too. He was like, okay, I can I can feed off the crowd. I can feed off my team. That was the other thing, too, because I know we'll get to him. But something that just brought me so much joy was how much joy DeMontis Sabonis was playing with every time that he saw his guy getting up and guys and was just, like, slapping his hand and, like, it's smiling and getting excited for him and for so many others. Sabonis is just... Special. Amazing. Just amazing. And... Here he is again, second game back, dominated the game. He did not miss a shot. And after the game, he, he was asked about that. He goes, I missed that free throw. Yes. He was mad because he missed that free throw. So bonus tonight, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists on 12 of 12 shooting. He hit both of his threes. All of a sudden, he's knocking down threes left and right, well over 40% from three. The only bad thing tonight, though, seven turnovers for Sabonis. Yeah. I don't like this. No. And and it's like, I know. I shouldn't I shouldn't sit here and say it's going to happen because it's like, no, I can break down and criticize what was Damn. wrong. And it's like, yeah, like you got to do better at times, especially against a team um, like the Jazz, who were doing a great job capitalizing off of the Kings' mistakes at times, just really pushing the ball and doing things that I wasn't even expecting the Jazz to do. You know, the, the, the Jazz came into this game allowing the most points in the paint in the NBA yeah. and the most near the most fast break points in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I suppose he's going to be able to have his weight. And it felt like he was finishing at ease at the basket. Like, the best guy that maybe gave them a slight chance at making it more difficult on him was Kessler. Yeah. But he's a rookie, and you could just tell, like, Sabonis is just stronger than Kessler. Mm -hmm. I, by the way, Walker Kessler is nice, too. Oh, yeah. I know. Do not get me started on, the trade. on Rudy Gobert. Trade. Yes. One of the, it's going to go down in history as one of the worst trades uh, in NBA history. And one of the best for the Utah Jazz. Ainge cleaned up on the Mitchell and the Gobert deals. Yeah, what a did. pivot by them. All the picks they have. They got a young style marketing. in. You get Kessler back, you get Sexton, you still have got Clarkson. Like, it's it's a fun young team. Oh, and Vanderbilt's well, nice. Fun young team, and then you still have a guy like Mike bets. Conley yeah. who is helping lead this squad and teaching them, hey, this is the way to be an NBA player for a long time. Dude, it's so impressive. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about Demona Sabonis, so, and yeah, he was just, again, just awesome. I mean, he's finishing everything I'm more most excited about the fact that now the three-pointer is coming. It, it's becoming a little more reliable now. I mean, his month of December has been crazy. Do I expect him to shoot 40% for the entire season? No. But, like, again, if Sabonis is shooting 35% from three, you're going to take it. Because you talk about 
that opening up things for this Kings offense, who's already, you know, they're already capable with three-point shooting, even though they went in a slight funk recently. You've got her. You got Keegan who can knock down the three in efficient rate. And then you add in Malik Monk who can get hot from the outside. Lyles can stretch the floor. And now if Sabonis can do it, and you already know what damage he could do inside, it's it makes the Kings offense super potent. You sent me this before the game talking about Sabonis's numbers in just oh. December. And just before tonight's game, averaging 21 points a game, 15 boards, 7 assists on 66% shooting from the field, 64% from three. And in this month, 64% from three from going three, into tonight. You guys, and then watching him tonight, he hit two, right? I think he hit two threes. Yeah, three. it was two of yeah, two. two. Yeah, two of two, of course. And the threes that he took, were timely the shot selection was um preferred you could say it was just like he felt at one time kelly olenic was totally in drop coverage and was like yeah i feel good i have this the ball has moved around enough boom just high iq player that is now hitting his outside shot He's got a fr- fractured thumb, by the way. Oh, and his thumb's all effed up. So. Hey, Kevin Herter, what do you think about Sabonis tonight? I mean, the guy's got a broken thumb. He didn't miss a shot. So, um, you know, he's playing all NBA-level basketball. He's He's been doing it all month. Um, I'm sure you guys know better than me. I'm not sure what his numbers are for this month, but it, it seems like every game he's just – he's he's doing this. It's, uh, you know, 28-11. 12 for 12. We didn't know that. Yeah, I think I went on after the game. Someone texted me that the Domas had missed a shot. It's just, you come to expect it almost. It's just, it's a, just another game for him. Just another game. Morgan, did you like my Photoshop I did in game? I hope I did because I saw it really quick and that is a fantastic <laughs> Photoshop. I mean, it looks real. <laughs> I, d- I did it on my phone. You did? Yeah. Dude, sh- I, you know, too many compliments tonight, but this is one of your. <laughs> I think it's Wait, no, it's 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 it is really good. My sister, who obviously is in graphic design and has worked with Photoshop, would probably think this is she like would, a plus work. She would probably puke if she saw that. No, um, no, but you know, watching Sabonis too tonight, it's just he is so vocal and encouraging to his guys. He's also holding him accountable. I saw him, you know, get ticked off at. Keegan at one point for not moving the right way, which almost led to a turnover. He's getting on guys if they're not in the right spots. That's it. The leadership that he brings, it's not only with the joy like I was talking about and being happy for guys and pumping them up. Who would you see in the huddles talking it up at the end, especially when they're going to have those defensive possessions there at the end, and who's holding guys accountable but also treating them with love? It all starts at the top with Mike Brown, who has really just spread that to everyone, and everyone's trusting each other, um, good vibes in wins and losses. Sabonis, you seem like your leadership's really helping this team, man. I just feel like the guys respect me. You know, they, 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 they listen. You know, I just want to get the guys going, you know. Most of the time, it's for it's for a bucket for them, or you know, to get them going. You know, um, if everybody keeps their head up and everyone's motivated, you know, uh, we can go a long way. You know, um, it's a long season, and everyone has to stay focused. Yeah, and I think just him wanting to come back to show that, hey, I'm I understand what's on the line here. We worked our asses off over the summer. We've been playing well. I want to be in the playoffs. If I can play through this, I'm going to. And then in turn, like, it's not only that. It's backing it up. It's being supportive of his teammates, holding them accountable. He's exactly the voice that the Kings 
have needed for so long. He, you know what I mean? He and, is. and so many people are, oh, this guy should be the leader. Fox should be the leader. You know what? Some guys aren't meant to be the vocal guy, and some guys are. And Sabonis is that type of guy. And in not my to even say, I don't even think to say that De'Aaron isn't, because I think what you are starting to see this season, especially. I think, he, I think he's, Sabonis is rubbing off on it, him. No, it is. It's elevated. De'Aaron Fox's leadership in different ways, whether De'Aaron's showing it just through his play, you're also seeing he's the guy that's like, you know, bringing it together. All right, together on three that we saw in that locker room the other night after a win. And, and I know that's just something, right? But it's, you're seeing it more and more. He's being more and more vocal and also showing it through his actions. I'm going to read this tweet, Morgan, warning. I know. This is from Planet X Nick on Twitter. Sabonis was amazing. But he did get put on a major poster by a marketing dunk. I mean, it we, happens, man. Yeah, it happens. It and, happens. That dunk was really nice by marketing, dude. And again, wouldn't you rather be there trying to contest it than be one of those people that like don't even try? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that there were so many awesome plays. Like marketing had that dunk. Uh, how about the Rashawn Holmes block? Oh, that yeah. was nasty. Contested. Beasley's like trying to jam it on him. He goes, mm -hmm. yeah, not today. And then Rudy Gay tried to murder him, and yeah. then he fouled him on that. That was sweet. But how about De'Aaron? Kings go inside. Fox powers down a two-hand flush from the left baseline, and he was fouled. And my goodness, that one came out of nowhere. And Fox just viciously attacking the iron, and he'll get an and one. He posterized Kelly Olenek. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Oh, it was amazing the way that he threw it down with two hands and just hung on the rim for a second longer. And I hope you still have one more dunk that you're thinking of. I don't know. Keegan Murray, beginning oh! of the game. Oh, my God, Keegan. You're welcome. surprised me. I, it surprised everyone. In transition, Keegan was like, I'm going strong. I wish I asked him about it. I didn't because yeah. I just didn't think of it. But it was like he's – I was trying to explain him as soft-spoken, soft – like just, you know, his personality. And then in moments like that, his competitive nature, intensity just like flies through. I love – when he plays like that, love. Let's talk about De'Aaron Fox. He got off to a slow start shooting-wise. Yeah. Wasn't really in any rhythm tonight, but he was still trying to find ways to impact things tonight. He finished with 24 points. He did it on 10 of 24, so not good shooting. One of five from three, but he had 10 assists in this game and just one turnover. And then late in the game, I felt like he was making plays. He had 11 points in the fourth quarter mm. along with four assists on four of 10 shooting. Obviously, I would love if he was starting from the beginning of the game, setting the tone on a different level. But the great thing is this team has enough guys that can also get theirs and find their rhythm early. And so if it can't be De'Aaron Fox, guess what he has been consistent at? Being elite in crunch time minutes. Being the guy that you can go to to make practically any type of shot. That's why when he missed those last two bunnies, oh. I was like, those are the ones he hasn't missed since last year, he looked, right? He looked a little gassed maybe in that moment. Yeah. I don't know. Legs, that's the only thing I can think of. But that's, I mean, and that's going to happen at times. And I think also he was trying to put a certain finesse on it too and was like, okay, I don't want to go to, you know, relying on his 
his form rather than not depending on his legs because he knew he was gassed, but it didn't matter. He battled it out for some offensive rebounds to get it back out to Kevin Herter too. Hey, Kevin Herter, what do you think of De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, his aggressiveness. I think um, you know, De'Aaron is one of those elite players in the league. I think to truly be elite in this league, separate yourself, you have to have that mid-range game. You know, all the best players do. It's, it's a shot that every team, every coach tells you to stay away from, but the, the best scores in the NBA score in the mid-range, and De'Aaron scores in the mid-range. It's probably his best shot. I feel like he can get to it anytime he wants. doesn't matter really. Who's guarding him? If it's somebody bigger, he, he's quicker than him. He goes by him. It's someone smaller. You know, he, he posts guys up from 15 feet and just gets to his spots. And you know, it feels like at the end of the game, he just slows it down and, and he gets to his spots. And he continuously, all year, has, has knocked down shots when we needed him to. And um, everybody else, like I said, around him just has to be there and be ready to shoot when he, when he kicks it out. Yeah, Fox is playing at a very high level. And... You know, his critics will get mad if he gets off to a slow start or he doesn't shoot efficiently all the time. Here's the reality. He's been more efficient this year than he's ever been. And he went through a slump a little bit this season, and all guys are going to go through a slump. I know it probably doesn't feel like it, but Sabonis is probably going to have a stretch of games this year where he goes through a slump. Kevin Herter is going to have that stretch. But Fox has been playing some pretty good basketball recently. You think about this homestand. He had the game against the Lakers, a 37-point game. Um, against the Hornets, they lost that game. But like he was, he was playing some efficient basketball, getting to his spots. And then tonight, sometimes the shots don't fall, but he kept with it, and he still had an impact on the game, setting up his teammates and hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. So uh, Fox is is playing near an All Star level right now, and then they have another guy in Sabonis who is just put him in, like they could announce tomorrow. He's an All Star. There's no doubt about it. The guy's playing. Like an all-NBA guy. Yeah, he's playing like a top 15 player in the league right now. Facts. I mean, it, I, it's not even a it's not even a, um, a hot take no. or, hey, you're in Sacramento, so of course you're saying that. You're hearing this from national writers. You're hearing this from the national media. Um, it's agreed upon. And also, just going off of Fox 2, another night with over 10 assists. So not only is he finding his guys, but you know how much easier it is if you are creating so much chaos that it's allowing your guy to get an even better shot off. That's what he's doing, right? He's not, it's not like a guy is just like reaching as De'Aaron is going to the basket. They're having to take two steps in, which is taking them two steps further off the guy that they're guarding from beyond the arc, giving them a better look at the basket. This is from our friends over at cleaningtheglass.com. They have amazing uh, numbers about teams and players. And you look at De'Aaron Fox, 90th percentile in effective field goal percentage at his position. At the rim, 95th percent. He's 74% at the rim this year. His short mid-range, 55%. Long mid-range, 45%. All mid-range, 51 The three-point the corner, he doesn't take a lot of them. Six of 21, not great. That's 29%. Non-corner, 35. Overall, 34% from three. That's not a great number, but when you compare it to the rest of his career, it's one of his better numbers. And if he can try to stay consistent, be like, hey, can you get to 35? Can you get 36, maybe? And you're still efficient from the mid-range and at the rim. And oh, by the way, this is the best he's ever shot the free throw line, right? He's right around 79% from the free throw line. So... Fox has stepped up in a big-time way, and he's got help now, and I think that matters too. You know, I think Fox has a lot of critics uh, in Sacramento because he 
hasn't been on winning teams. It hasn't been all of his fault. Some of it has, but he has clearly gotten better. He's clearly worked on his game, and he he plays so well off of Sabonis. And it's, you know, that time again, slobber all over Mike Brown time because truly the amount of years that I said to you, Deuce, that like, hey, maybe it's about someone teaching him how to play the right way. And sometimes when I say teaching him how to play the right way, that's teaching them to have the right mentality. That's teaching them to be the leader that they can be, that they're capable of being. And you always saw it within Fox, like what was there. And I truly believe that Mike Brown has brought that out of him. The coaching staff has brought that out of him. And then having pieces like Sabonis um, and even a shooter like Kevin Herter when he gets hot or an old teammate like Malik Monk who can be an energy guy, it just has elevated his game to another level in his sixth season in the NBA. We should also mention a couple of like unsung heroes tonight that we haven't talked about. Trey Lyles, man. Good. I, I was hoping you were going to go there. Trey Lyles has been really important for this team as Solid. of late. And he's doing it with his rebounding. He had one play where he got a great rebound. Then he had to drive in a dish to Sabonis for a jam. It was just beautiful. All right? yep. He's able to knock down the shot. I'm looking at his minutes tonight for the Kings off the bench. And he played just under 20 minutes. He had five points. He had eight rebounds. Two of those offensive rebounds. He also had that assist I mentioned he was good for Sacramento. Getting those boards again, right? Yes. I mean, that's what you're seeing if you looked at his stat line. You'd be like, well, where did oh, he contribute on the boards? No, big uh, um, big moments, big rebounds that he keeps getting in times when they need him most. You know, I think uh, at times you've seen those games that Harrison Barnes is having those big rebounding games. Tonight he only had three, but he still had some big defensive moments where Trey Lyles was having those big rebounding moments. He adds that in certain games, and then on top of that can stretch the floor and knock down the three at times. But I love that he understands his role and doesn't try to do too much when he's in there too. The next guy, Rashawn Holmes. I'm so happy for him. I'm beyond happy for Rashawn. And you think about the last year for him. He had some personal things he was going through last year. In the Sabonis trade... Everyone talks about, oh, man, he not only lost his job, he lost his job in that. That's tough. It wasn't just that. He lost Halliburton. And so the guy he connected with most on the floor, the guy that was so good at setting him up and getting him in his spots and his rhythm was gone. And in addition to that, they just brought in an all-star caliber player to play ahead of him after he resigned with them. Lots of process, okay? Yeah. Then this year... He was in the rotation to start. Then he was out, not really playing at all. The first time we kind of saw him again was that Philly game when, you know, they, they went to Cata first off the bench and they eventually got him in late in the game. It's been hit or miss. Last couple of games, he's gone in there and he's had some nice minutes. And I think Sacramento would love to get to a point where he's able to give him 15 minutes a night. Tonight, he ends up playing just under 11, but seven points, four rebounds. He had that big block on Beasley that we talked about. Big. He looks a little more comfortable. And one of my favorite plays of the game in transition, Rashawn Holmes had the ball in transition, dribbling. I'm like, oh, no. He was smart. Dropped it off to Monk. Monk could have shot the three. And, and instead, Holmes cut to the basket. Monk drove, dished it. Rewarded him. To Holmes for the jam. Yeah. And that's what I love about Malik Monk, dude. That he guy he wants, understands that. He's trying times, to get right? his guys going. He's yes. trying to get his guys going. And Rashawn, with all that said, like, he, he, he even admitted after last game, 
He's been overthinking things on the floor. It's been a lot at times. And you've seen that, yes. Yeah, and you know, he's been getting in foul trouble, out of position defensively early in the year. The last couple of games, I feel like, number one, he's done such a better job. And the Kings have done a better job. Like, let's try to get him some looks. Like, this guy has... Jordy's been the one, too, every game that he's been coaching to try and show, hey, we can trust him. Yeah, and get him some looks... Get him that floater that was so lethal for a stretch, right? When he was in the starting lineup and so efficient. Get him some easy looks. Get him some jams. And I thought tonight he came in, played with good energy. And the biggest thing I'll give Rashawn credit for this season is he could have been grumpy. He could have mailed it in like Buddy Heald did last year, last year and a half in Sacramento. Facts. He could have refused to check into a game like Marvin Bagley last Ooh, year. Oh, facts. But he has stayed engaged, even if he's not happy. No guy's going to be happy when they're not playing. But, but he's he been a great teammate. He's been supportive. And when his number's called, he's ready to go. And his body language yes. shows happiness. His body language shows joy. It shows like, hey, I understand what the bigger picture is. And truly, just from those 11 minutes tonight, I was feeling like, he is growing as a basketball player, right? Just as an athlete, being in a situation like this and understanding like, okay, on different teams in this league, you're going to have a different role. You have to be able to execute that role if you want to get paid and if you want to play. And right now, he is showing that he wants to learn. He is willing to learn. And I love what he was able to contribute tonight. And I hope that they keep rewarding him with the minutes that I truly believe that he deserves. So, Morgan, who was your dog? Oh, no. I have to pick one. Who was your dog of the game? The options for the chat. Okay, okay. Damana Sabonis, who was a monster again uh-huh. tonight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. De'Aaron Fox, who had 10 points in the fourth quarter, finished with the double-double. Davion Mitchell, who we just talked about, is so impactful defensively tonight in matching up with Sexton, that time trying to deal with Clarkson. And the last one, Kevin Herter. I'm going to go with Kevin Herter. And it's because hitting a big shot like that in that moment, and especially when you've had your struggling moments as of late, six points in the last game, um, didn't need to be that guy because three guys scored over 30 points. But being that guy in tonight's game, dog of the game. Well, the audience agrees with you. 49% hey. of people are saying Kevin Herter, 30% for Sabonis, 16% for Davion, while 6% for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, appreciate everyone Thank joining you. us live right now on our New Year's Eve Eve <sighs> show. Thank you. Final show of 2022. Uh, you can hop in a Discord if you want to chat with us. Also on Twitter Spaces and in our live chats on YouTube and Twitch. If you're here, hit the thumbs up button. We got to give some love to people who are joining us live and who have donated. My goodness. Shout out to Evil Eye Images, who has been a member for five months, saying welcome to the Red Velvet Lounge. Let's also, go. Mr. Turtle has been a member for seven months and says Daddy Deuce. Hey, oh. Nacell has donated <laughs> two bucks. Happy New Year's from all Kings fans. Eric, appreciate you becoming a member. Three months. Sabonis and Deuce, 100% from the floor tonight. Uh, Peyton became a member saying Ron effing Threesley in honor of Kevin Herter. Do you like that, Nick? You're not a Harry Potter person. I'm not, but like, I get it, and it's kind of funny. How are you not a- what do you mean? Like, it's, I, and I love fantasy and everything. So it's, Harry Potter was great. I'm just not like a, a have you Harry heard Potter my Harry, have you heard my Harry Potter no one? we all have hey, Potter. hello I'm Harry Potter Not and bad. then do your uh what's the guy that passed away the oh, big old dude yeah um 
You don't see your, yeah, you're not a I, I'm, fan. I'm blanking on the big uh, burly guy. Yeah. Brown. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. That was. Uh, Davion Fanag became a member seven months in a row. I love you, Mo. I really love you, Deuce. Love you oh too, God. Davion Fanag. Patrick, you? Super Chat, two bucks. The flagrant on KZ was pure BS. Glad that was brought up. Oh, Morgan. yes. Okay. So KZ Paula, and it's not the first time we've seen this co- play called on the Kings. Keegan got called for this this season, Morgan, where on a layup, his knee connected with someone. I think it was Stephen Adams, right? Uh-huh. Hit Stephen Adams in the balls? I, I forget else? who it was, but either way. And then yes. he got called for a foul. I'm like, really? So tonight, KZ Paula on a drive to the basket, extends that knee a little bit, called for an offensive foul. Kessler got hit in the midsection, right? Dude stumbles to the tunnel, starts throwing up. You didn't see this? Wait, he really started throwing up? Morgan, he threw up. He was throwing up. He went to the trash can and threw up. Does that, question, does that happen when you get hit in the balls or something? I don't know. Did he get hit in the balls tonight? Or well, I'm going to assume that. I don't know, balls. but whatever he got hit, it triggered him. He threw up. By the way, let's not lose sight. Second time. In 2022, right? Or was that 2021 when that happened? Ooh. But second time in a year okay. where someone has puked at a Utah Jazz Kings game. You had, Whoa. yeah, you had Vomit Man puke on the floor. Vomit Man. Another old John song <laughs> uh, in Luke Walton's final game as coach. Yes. Don't even go. No, it's 2022 now. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's over. And then tonight, Kessler puked. But anyway, they call KZ for an offensive foul, which immediately I'm losing my mind going, what? What are we doing here? Like, how, Bill Kennedy, how do you determine that? So then they go, they go, hello, I, we need to review this. I'm like, a review for what? A flagrant foul? I'm like, okay, they're, this is ridiculous. You're stopping the game for two minutes to look at this. But I'm glad you're looking at this because you're going to realize that this is not a flagrant is. foul. Yes. They go and look at it, and they deemed it a flagrant foul penalty one. It is, I'm not kidding you, one of the worst calls in the history of the NBA. I've never seen a worse Dude, call than that. No, we've seen Bill Kennedy do this before, and he went back to the freaking uh, replay, and re- and it remained I, the same call when it was like, no, 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 this is your ego getting in the way. I don't even think this was a Kings game. I think I was watching on TV, and I was tweeting about it because I was furious that, like, an egotistical move like that can be done is absolute bullshit and it can ruin the integrity of the league. So here's my question too. It's like, if you're going to make, if you're going to make that call and call it a flagrant one, Uh and I know they like go to the microphone, which cut out when he was trying to explain it. Why doesn't the league require them to actually explain the decision? Because if you're going to go review it for two minutes to stop the game for that long in the first quarter, Fair. mess up the flow of the game, and it's Tell really, me. like, for everyone watching it, I, I've been watching the NBA for a long time. All you people watching this right now, you've watched the league, right? I don't get how that's a flagrant foul. Like, I, I need that explained. And I think it's so important Fair. to be transparent with the fans because if it is a flagrant foul and we're missing it, not only as people who, like, we're broadcasting – but no one in the audience knows. Let us understand what, how that is deemed a flagrant foul. 
There was nothing flagrant about that. And reckless? No, he, guy, he wound up his knee, obviously, and I mean, did it in a motion that was going to make his knee make a man throw up. And even if you want to call it an offensive foul, it's like, okay, borderline, whatever. But a flagrant foul, I could... I, I'm still stunned by even talking about it at this point. You know what? And I always tell myself with this too, I want to keep the same energy if I see this play happen again with another team. And I promise you it happened with another team with Bill Kennedy and I had the same energy. So it's not just a Kings thing. It's just like you're talking about Deuce. It's like, I want to know as a basketball person, the whys. Well, and it seems like it must be a point of emphasis for the league this year. And you know, we, it, Full transparency, we, we went to NBA broadcast meetings. And during NBA broadcast meetings, the league does a great job where they have one of the, the heads of NBA officiating come out and they go over points of emphasis. They even uh, answer questions. They talk. They put up specific plays. And the whole point of this is just so broadcasters don't just call it officials all the time and they get an understanding of, okay, this is what we're looking at here. These are plays we're really watching. For example, one thing they're really focused on this year, obviously, is carrying and travels. That seems like every year. Yeah. But they're really focused on the bench. They don't want the bench coming on the floor. It's been a huge Orlando. issue. You've seen it in or, Orla- yeah, Miami, I'm sorry, I think. It was, Miami last year. Yeah. yeah. There, but there's been multiple instances. So they're being they're really focused on that. But there was nothing about this whole, like, going up for a layup and knee hitting someone. And maybe it's a new thing. I don't know. But to me, that seems like a really hard thing to officiate, like, to judge, like, to determine whether or not that is unnatural. I see more unnatural moves with three-point shooters kicking out the leg. I mean, even Clarkson tonight. I think Clarkson did that once to the Kings where he clearly put his leg out to draw contact on the defender closing out on Sacramento and the Kings bench thought about challenging it. And they just went, no, let's not challenge it because it, it's probably not going to get overturned. I feel like that is more ridiculous than what I'm seeing with the, the layups and the knee hitting a player. Yeah, no, no. And uh, if I may move on because you just brought up the challenge, I wanted to ask Yeah. when we were in the middle of the game yeah. and talking about Mike Brown, challenging that call which was a bullshit call and it should have been king's ball in the first place but when he had to challenge that i text i always text you during a challenge i'm like you like this challenge or what it got the kings a possession plus it got uh deer and fox to push sexton down he misses the shot but keegan gets the rebound to put it back up for a two so they got two points out of that possession and just to be clear uh, it was at 103 103 at the 723 mark of the fourth quarter. Okay. And there was a fight for the rebound. The ball clearly, if I'm not mistaken. Clearly. Went this off Markinen. Correct. Yeah. Markinen and Sabonis are fighting for it. Clearly off of him. The Kings bench immediately is jumping up like, What are you what? talking about? <laughs> I saw it from my angle. The official obviously missed Ooh. it. And by the way, those things do happen. I just think when you miss multiple calls. And I also want to be clear. This isn't like, oh, Deuce is saying the officials are against Sacramento. No. I thought the officiating was bad in general tonight, as it was bad in the Denver game the other night where the Kings did catch some breaks on the last two-minute report. Lyles was out of bounds. They absolutely did. They did try to make up for it with the Fox offensive foul, in my opinion, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But when I look at, and Malik Monk definitely hooked Oh, on that drive. He got away with the hook. It was but the angle of the game. The last two-minute report did not have that on there, which was surprising to me because he definitely wrapped on that and drive. And maybe because the, the foul, the they, they called the foul first, even though yeah. it was on the hack. Whatever. So anyway, 
the ball is clearly off them, and the Kings challenge it. And Morgan's, uh, you're asking, should they have challenged it? It's a tough one because Always emotionally, I'm like, emotionally. yeah, challenge it. It's a tie game, and Utah has a little momentum here. Like, challenge it because it should be your ball. You're going. Here's what I know: you're going to win that challenge, and it's a fourth quarter in a tie game. I was cool with it. Would you have liked to save it maybe for a late game? Yeah, potentially. But I, I was cool with it because of where it was in the game. And it was a clear, like, the official messed up. Also, that official, was it Ray Costa? He was, so, or was it Evan Scott? I don't know. It's one of those. It might have been Evan Scott. Was beyond. He lost his shit out there. Lost his shit. He was upset because everyone was on you him. You saw Chemezi Metu was like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I was Metu like, was like, dude, calm down. Even with Metu. Metu was going to tee him up. I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid for a second that Metu was going to get in trouble for being like, hey, it's cool, man. It's cool. But um, yeah, either way, it didn't matter. Nothing else came out of it. But I was telling Deuce that on the way back here, like when you're an official at that level, I'm not saying it's easy to take shit from people all day and to hear. No, not at all. It's not like it's not. No human should have to deal with that. But. It is in the job description. It is what the job consists of. So you have to have a different type of thick skin, a different type of personality mentality when you are officiating at that level. And that's also why you get paid the big bucks. And I'm not saying the money should be the thing shielding everything off as a human. You know, that's why I love some of the comments sometimes because Patrick, it's almost like you're a producer there. You super chat us two bucks. You bring up the flagrant foul that we needed to Aww. talk about. And look, we just did five minutes complaining about the officials. Thank you, Patrick. Um, also should share this from the Sacramento Kings, a pretty crazy stat, Morgan. Which we got. Uh, after going 12 of 12 from the floor tonight against Utah, Sabonis becomes the third player in NBA history with multiple perfect shooting performances on 12 or more field goal attempts. He joins Wilt Chamberlain, who did it six times, and Carl Malone, who did it twice. <sighs> Pretty good man. company, huh? Pretty good company. Pretty. The guy is special, man. That guy is so good. And every time he has a game like this, I'm like, it, it always leads back to the Halliburton Sabonis thing. And I was watching, I was watching the Pacers. Do you know that's last the night. first thing I thought about when I saw that tweet? I mean, Pacers last night against Cleveland were they close so well late in the game Halliburton had a big game they know how to win games buddy's number one in three point field goals in the nba this season which is insane and really quick they they screw up a lot but they know how to end up pulling out a win but my whole point is just the way people talked about the kings and acted as if they literally said hey indiana do you want tyrese for free do you want him for do you want these guys for free they acted as if like the Kings got nothing back. They acted like they didn't get a legit talent. And I, I think to Mike Brown's credit, what he has done, building the offense around Sabonis, around his strengths, but also Sabonis is playing the five. And I think that is his position. He was not playing the five consistently in Indiana. You had Miles Turner there. This is just such a better fit for his style and his play. And I think it's a large reason why, and the work he puts in, I mean, you've got a guy that is a professional who approaches the game with a seriousness about him, but he also has fun because he sets his guys up. He's tough. He plays hard. He's everything you want in a player. And the the rap on him before is he doesn't play good defense. He's playing pretty solid defense this year. He doesn't shoot well. He's shooting the three well. He's at an all-NBA level. And I think there's a lot of people around the league who should be talking a little different tone 
when it comes to Sacramento or different tune when it comes to the Sacramento Kings well, after what they said last year. A couple things because I do believe that it's situational for it so is. many players. And like he is the epitome of that in so many different ways. But on top of that, Kyle asked me tonight on the show something about like, did you ever expect this from Sabonis? He probably didn't watch all of Indiana Pacers game watching what he was doing, but I knew what was going on with DeMontis Sabonis. But so did you expect this from him? And I said, no, because he really has elevated his game to a different level. And he has because he has the right coaching staff putting him in a place to do that. He has the right pieces around him putting him in a place to do that. And you could be around all the talent in the world, but if it's not organized correctly with what you can do at a high level, then you're not going to be able to showcase that. And right now, Sabonis is being able to showcase that, but he's also elevated his game because he's with a coach and a coaching staff that has taught him how to play different type of defense. And that defense is with his chest. That defense is vertical. That defense is moving your hips, moving your legs in such a different way than you were ever like disciplined to do before. And he's just gotten better too. And it's he just like, has. They weren't trading for a 30 year old. Like, like the Utah jazz traded go bear who is in his 30s, and they huge... got a massive haul back where the Kings gave up a really talented player in Halliburton, who's going to be special. He's going to be really, really, really good. And Buddy healed. He didn't give up any picks, and they got a guy who, by the way, is like 25 years old, and he's getting better. Like So I, I just think that the narrative that was shaped when that deal happened Sabonis did not get the credit he deserves, is my point. No, and you're exactly right. And if it was with a different team, though, he would have gotten the credit that he deserved. And you know the shitty narrative was around the Sacramento Kings? Fine. I'm totally fine with that. The Kings deserved so much of that for so long, right? But if you are a basketball person, do the math. Sit down and watch a few games even before Sabonis was traded over here and understand what he was capable of as a basketball player. Like the disrespect was bullshit toward him, but toward the organization, I could understand it. Looking at his December numbers, by the way, he's 11 of 16 from three in December, which is 68.8%. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. On the season, by the way, Sabonis now is 18 of 40 from three, which is 45%. He's not taking like crazy amounts. He's doing it like in the flow of the offense when he Good does have a shot. Action, yeah. You know, I don't want to get to a point where Sabonis is launching six a game, but no. I'm comfortable now where, hey, you know what? You Three. get a couple of good looks, take them, I guess, right? Yeah. I still want you doing your damage inside because you are potent. And yeah, it's just, he's shooting on the season 63% and 45% from three-point land and i want to look at his actual points per game number because he sabonis has never been this efficient in his basketball life either so on the season he's averaging 18 points 12 rebounds leading the nba and 6.7 assists this season two turnovers two and a half turnovers my god it's been awesome just just yeah just has brought such a different type of joy now you do have to think about, too, 
if he was out right now because of his broken thumb and yeah. couldn't play, what is the answer for the Kings? Yeah, I mean, I and you don't have to think I, about I this don't, right I now. I actually but, don't want to think about it because okay. why would he's here? And here's why you uh, have to think about it because truly, Deuce, like it, the, he could. Yes, here's my thing when people bring up the Sabonis thing is like he and Keegan are both playing through injuries right now. Correct. Um, if the Kings long term have to be without Sabonis, it would be really bad. Um, I do think what gets lost too is in the game he was out, they competed with the Denver Nuggets. It wasn't perfect. It would take some getting used to, and they would have to alter some things, maybe run some bit more pick and rolls. Um, but I think they have enough talented players that they could get through it. I'm not saying it would be great. They'd be below 500, but they could get through it for a stretch. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's how I look at it. I feel you. I feel you. No, and I don't I don't mean to be, like, super realistic right now, but it's realistic uh here's a question for the chat this is the final night chat of 2022 it's our new year's eve eve show we started it with a bang people are buzzing about my new song i unveiled Uh uh-huh turn on the effing jets people are buzzing about it you dropped f-bombs like jordy fernandez and i was just so happy that wasn't a song it was a performance oh (laughs) so now as we uh enter 2023 i would love the chat tonight to bring up some of their top moments Ooh. from the Kings in 2022. The, over the last year, your top moments. I actually put this out on Twitter earlier today. And got people had some pretty good answers. I was surprised at how many people. It, it just triggered so many awesome memories. Um, off the top of your head right now, do you have anything that jumps out to you like some of your top moments of 2022 involving the Sacramento Kings? <sighs> mine are, oh, mine are uh, so generic. You know, give me one of your generic ones so I can make fun of it. My well, generic would be De'Aaron Fox taking a leap in his game. See, so yeah, that's very generic. Yeah, you know? that's a t- moment. So I'm talking about a specific moment. How about this one? Moshi on Twitter just put this one: the hug. Yeah, the first game Sabonis hugging Fox after the Kings beat Minnesota one thirty two to one nineteen. Was that the first game Sabonis was here? Yep. So then, actually, you know what I'll take away from that same night. And I'll never forget this because I was sitting baseline. Sabonis came out on the floor and I was texting Deuce about how majestic he was as a human being. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. This guy is not real. He look, he, His presence was magical. Just warming up with a freaking basketball. That, that should be a mural on the back of our wall here. Well, you know what I mean? I've, I have a saved meme somebody sent me. It's... Uh, me and then the Ducemo podcast is uh, Sabonis, so it's De'Aaron is me, whoever it was. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Shawnee said the ten games before Halliburton got traded, not even being an a hole, it was just so exciting to see him unleashed. And I dropped that really. Oh. Also, know the Kings won two games during that stretch. Uh, Danny said probably the Nets and Indiana game. We just completely destroyed them, and it was glorious. Yeah, that Nets TNT game was so cool because True. it was on national TV. Also, the Kings lost their national TV game in January. Uh, to it was supposed to be Kings Rockets on ESPN. Yeah, are you okay with that? I'm okay with that because. Oh, are you allowed? Sources close to, to the situation. Sources close Don't to situation say that yes, they did lose that game, but there are talks about adding a Kings nationally televised game in the month of February on ESPN. Okay. Na 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 na. Rumors, though. 
Yeah, nothing confirmed. But nothing I'm just confirmed. I'm updating of you what I'm hearing at this hour. Deuce and at I, this hour. Deuce and I with our inside sources. Yes, yes, I can tell you. Oh my god. It might be against No. Here, I'm, not, I'm not gonna give it away. No. I'm not gonna give it away. It rhymes with schmalish ravs. No. Potentially. Okay, I it's not confirmed. And, I, and even that's weird, and I don't want to guess and I don't want to know. Okay. That's so messed up. Uh did you agree with Danny saying the Nets and Pacers games? Those are fun I, games. I yeah. totally agree with the Nets game because I just thought you want to talk about something special again being on national television and shutting everyone up for a hot second was great a war dog says uh, all the friends we made along the way in 2022 also he just reminded me with his name dpog the defensive player of the game for the second consecutive game tonight davion mitchell no surprise there yeah he's probably gonna win it for the rest of the year Tyler says TD lighting the beam after the Kings scored 153 Oof. on the Nets. Well, Andrew said the moment they drafted Keegan is a top moment for me. Aww. I would say the moment that the beam came around. I think the beam has to be near the top of 2022 in general because of it is what it's meant to the city. Yeah. How the league's talking about it. Other teams are getting some good teams when they beat the Kings are mentioning the beam, like taking a shot at the Sacramento because oh, no beams lit tonight. We're lighting our own. The Bucks did Bring it to it the Kings, bitches. right? The Nuggets did yeah. it the other night. So, uh, but in, from a positive standpoint, it's for a team that has been so disappointing for 16 years that hasn't made the playoffs really in 37 years having eight winning seasons and only nine playoff appearance or 10 playoff appearances during that time, people poke fun at it. Like I was looking at our YouTube comments from last night chat and they were like, Nuggets fans like, oh my God, you guys are getting so excited over a win over the Nuggets. We were shorthanded. I'm like, dude, no one's taking shots at your team. Just understand that in Sacramento, like we enjoy these moments because we don't know when it's just going to end and you're going to enjoy wins and it's fun because there hasn't been a lot of fun here. And now that this, this simple idea of a laser being yes. shot up into the night sky when your team wins, it's cool. Like the fact that uh, the players are into it, they're hitting a button. Thank people you. People are outside reacting to the beam coming on. It's awesome. Here's the thing about Sacramento. People are authentic here yeah, yeah. and when the authentic joy comes from a purple light being shot up into the sky or to a win over the Nuggets on a Thursday night, whatever the hell it's going to be, it's called perspective yep. and it's appreciated. And this world isn't amazing all the time. So when you can honestly grab onto the Kings, a team that has a beautiful community and grab onto the joy that can come from a win, a good play, or a light beam, then do it. And don't let anyone ever dim your light, Kings fans. And a lot of NBA fans do do no, no, I'm, a lot appreciate of people, that too. No, I will say that. I would say the fans around the league are pretty they, they think it's cool that the Kings are yeah fun this year. Yes. They are a fun team to watch. Like if you're bouncing around league pass, you want to check in what the Kings are doing. They play close games, they play an exciting brand. But I've said this for a long time and people forget it because it's been a while since the Kings are good. There is nothing like the passion of Kings fans, especially when their team looks competitive because they're into it. And it doesn't have to be a 51 team. It could be a 41 team. Hell, that 39 win team captured people's attention, uh, you know, in that final year with Jaeger in 18, 19. But this team has some components. That's just really fun. And here we are the final 
night chat of 2022 and the Kings are 19 and 15. When we were doing the final night chat of 2021, the Kings were 15 and 20. And we had a game that night. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. And yeah. We, yeah. So it's just it's just refreshing to see where it's at right now. By the way, the Kings next game comes New Year's Day in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Memphis will be on the second night of a back-to-back. They're actually playing on New Year's Eve against New Orleans the next night against Sacramento. So hopefully Ja goes out after the game against New Orleans, gets a little sauced, and the Kings get a hungover Ja Morant coming up on New Year's Day. Well, it doesn't even matter about John Moran. I mean, you I'm excited the, for that game. It, like either way, it's like John Moran is the one isn't the one that's blocking shots and getting the rebounds, and it isn't at the biggest part of their top five defensive rating. My point to this being this team in the paint, especially, is fantastic defending their paint. Right? They got some big bodies. We saw it with Jaron Jackson. He was awesome the last time oh the Kings. The Kings actually won in Memphis this year, though. They've split they the two did. games. Memphis won the first game. Last game. Des- Desmond Bain did not play in that game, and it was John Morant's first game back post-injury, but the Kings did escape with a win. Yeah, so um, it's very doable. Oh, I can't wait for this game because it's a test, dude. Oh. This is, no, it's a, the Kings need some measuring stick games, right? Like, okay, you had some disappointing losses on this homestand to Charlotte and Washington. Washington wins again tonight. They've won four in a row in five or six. Well, would you look at that? Yeah, still shouldn't have come in here and been up by 30, but no. they're better than people <laughs> no, think. No, let's be real. Um... <sighs> Uh, but I, I'm curious how the Kings are going to approach this. You know, it's one thing to come in and feel the energy from your home crowd and feed off of that. That goes away. In yeah. Memphis. You're on the road against a great, a really, probably one of the best teams. I'd say a Western Conference contender, a team that has depth, a team that's tough, a team that talks a lot of shit and plays with an edge, plays physical. They're going to try to get Sabonis into foul trouble. You got to bring your A game if you're winning that game. Yeah. And I want that I think game. I think your A game, what's cool about this team is that, like, your A game is three guys need to step up. Doesn't matter if that means Sabonis, Fox, Herter, those two in Monk, those two in Barnes, whoever it's going to be. You just need multiple guys to step up and the other guys to really step up. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Up in their roles, right? Like, are you making that extra effort to make that box out? To get a body on someone and push them out with your booty? You gotta do it. 
With your booty. With your, you got to push out with your booty for sure. Thank you. Uh, JLM, appreciate you uh, donating a super chat. And Kenneth, who gifted 50 subs again. Kenneth Happy is just New ridiculous Year, donating oh subs God. all the time. One of our biggest supporters. By the way, all you guys are big supporters, whether you support financially or not. Just you guys being here is such Amazing. an awesome thing. So Amazing. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, because all it does is help our channel grow. It's a huge thing. JLM donated five bucks and says... Grizz top three hated teams. I can't stand Brooks. Oh. No, 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 no. The Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're looking around the league right now. For me, they're number one. I can't stand that team. And I respect number one them. Hated? Morgan, Dylan Brooks annoys me to a level that I can't even describe. He talks, talks, talks. He takes bad shots. He plays hard, plays defense, but he just talks a lot, and it annoys me. Now, let's not lose sight of this. If I, if the Memphis Grizzlies were the Sacramento Kings, you know what I mean? Like, I would be like, dude, I love this. We're gritty. We're getting guys hit. Like, you and know you I mean? liked them last year. No, no, I'm being, I'm admitting no, I'm annoyed I, by them. I know, I and know. And they're cocky, but I think that's that's their DNA. and And that's, I think, what makes them them a little bit. But now, because of that style, other teams don't like them. You saw on Christmas Day when the Warriors Aww. shorthanded beat them, and Clay was talking smack. There's so many technicals they act like left they and won right. Something, yeah. So, you know, I think they've got a target on their back now, and it's not only because they talk shit; it's because they're good. Like John Morant's really good. Desmond Bain is really good. Jaron Jackson, when he's healthy and right, that guy's legit. They're a stacked team. Tyus Jones. I'm a huge Tyus Jones fan. One, the best backup point guard in the Facts. NBA. But they're annoying. And, that, you know, and I think the league needs teams like Memphis, though. You need teams to hate. Villains. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, they are the biggest heels in the NBA. Okay. And that's great. They come in dancing. No, and I'm looking music, along like, the league, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. They would be like... I mean, who else? Definitely top three. Like I guess Brooklyn's probably up there for some. Brooklyn's up there for some, mostly because of Kyrie. I think Minnesota would be up there for you because of the trade and cat. They're losers. Right. Who cares? Losers. F you. Don't care. Uh, what about the Clippers? No one really cares, right? No, I mean, the Clippers now, you know, I, I think, yeah, no, I don't think they're hated. You don't hate the Celtics. You don't hate the Bucks. You don't, you don't hate the Cavs. No, the what six, about Philly? Sixers yeah. have some, like, uh, like Embiid annoys people because of, it, you know, getting the line. And Harden, you know, he's he's definitely a hot NBA prospect uh, or NBA and target. Hawks, I would say, <clears throat> would have been hated if they were a good team this Dude, season. Dude, the Hawks are a mess, Morgan. Right. They, can we give some love to LeBron tonight? I know we're. T oh no no! You must give LeBron happy love birthday. Tonight. And that guy at he thirty-eight years it. old did. I don't care if you hate him or love him. Oh, he dude. deserves the love for what he did on the court tonight at thirty-eight effing years old. Just forty-seven points, ten rebounds, nine assists in a win over Atlanta tonight. Atlanta's a mess, and that's a team that you wonder like, what's next for them? Could the Kings give a call? And go, Hey, can you? I know you guys just handed us Kevin Herter. Any chance you can give us DeAndre Hunter, please? Welcome back, Bogey. There's no way that. <laughs> welcome back, Bogey. No. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a different time. But yeah, the Hawks are a mess. But LeBron, 38 years old, with that type of game, like we've seen players near triple double, like at, you know, but like for him to do that. And it's not, you guys, it's not like it's one game and then it's okay, it's average of LeBron the other games. If you're looking at what he's still accomplishing in this league at his age, 
for this team. Yeah, he needs other pieces around him. Yeah, he's fucked up a lot of his career, especially in with the Lakers. But at the same time, you just have to understand, like, you have to appreciate what this 38-year-old is doing on the floor. Uh, can we rate Bryce's joke in the Twitch chat? Sure. He says, uh, John Morant travels so much, he should use booking.com. You going to count it? Are you, are you counting it? Stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh, he also said the Kings will kick Memphis's ass and the 49ers are going to hang 50 on the Raiders. Okay. Give me a hell yeah. I like the confidence. The Memphis game is going to be tough, man. And the next two games, you go at Memphis and then at Utah. And you know Utah is going to be fired up. Tough atmosphere playing in Utah. That's a tough place to play. Yeah, it is. Uh, would not be a night chat. It would not be 2022. It wouldn't be night chat in general without a guy who checks in almost every single night chat. We go tonight and check in with everybody's favorite. He's in bed. His clothes are maybe on. He is Nick. Oh, they're on. Hello, Ducemo. What's up? Were you at the game tonight? Oh, he was. Well, yes, I, I was. I did not see him, man. And you did great. You were. You were so. He was so respectful. He was amazing. Thanks, Nick. Nick, what do you have to say? It's New Year's Eve. Do you have any New Year's Eve Eve? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Well, well, my favorite thing is was going to the Kings game, and my favorite thing is lighting the beam is saying and creating this phrase, why not having a why not shirt come out. Oh, that's one of your favorite things of 2022, your why not and shirts also that came out. Also knowing that seeing the Kings win and lighting the beam. Did you light the beam tonight? Were you out there and you saw it? Yes, I did. And I said, hey, light the beam. Light the beam. Light the beam. Why not light, light the, the beam? beam. Why, Why not light the beam? beam? Nick, one of my favorite things, not only of 2022, but really since Night Chat started, is the fact that no matter what, win or lose, you call in and you offer a simple message, and it's why not win? And the Kings are, yeah. winning, the Kings are winning a lot this year. Yeah, why not beat Memphis Grizzlies? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait, before we jump ahead to Memphis, that's in 2023. Oh. What about tonight? What did Nick like about tonight's game? There we go. This was a good game tonight. Why not win tonight? Okay, can we just all, all acknowledge, Nick, are, are you falling, falling asleep? asleep? No, I'm not. You know, your eyes are closed, <laughs> you son of... <laughs> yes, get up, get up, get up. And do a jumping jack yeah, now. Yeah, do one jumping jack One jumping now. jack. There you go. Okay. All right. Nick's back. Nick's back. You were, Nick, were you, were, be honest. Were you kind of falling asleep? Oh, oh now no. Can't your can't mic. Hear. We can't hear your phone now. The, no, Nick, we, Nick, can't we literally can't hear you. Nick, we can't hear you. Oh, there Can you, you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Nick, um, you were, be honest, you were kind of falling asleep. I was a little bit, but, <laughs> you know, I, 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 because, I was too excited because we won the game tonight, and you know, winning the game tonight is is good. So you know, let's just keep winning these games. Love it. Why not? Why not, Nick? What are you doing for New Year's Eve? Uh, I'll probably go to my friend's house, drinking ice cold beer. Ah, uh, soda beer. Soda beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, uh, what are you doing for what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Laying low. We got a game the next day. We got to work the next day. So just chilling, you know, maybe drink a little champagne like we are tonight. Mm. Cheers. You'll be doing some, you'll be doing some NBC sports work. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Well, Hey Nick, um, 
I, I'm going to say this on behalf of everybody who watches us every night, chat, and all the people who listen. Thank you for being so positive. Thank you for coming here every night. And you're awesome, man. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. We love you, Nick. Yes, we Coach love you. Nick. We can barely hear you, Nick. We can't hear you, Nick. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's saying my schedule. All right, Nick, Nick, stop. Number one, we can't hear you. Number two, we don't need Morgan's schedule. Yeah. I just do you have anything, any other message, maybe your favorite thing of twenty twenty two or anything else you want to add before we let you go to bed? Hey, happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year's, happy guys. New Year. All right, sleep dreams. We'll see you in twenty twenty three. Sleep dreams, Nick. <laughs> Nick, you're awesome, man. Yes, Dude, I, I am. <laughs> My favorite thing too, because I was with Kyle and Kenny tonight. He he says, Kyle, Kyle. And Kyle looks at me while kind of looking yeah. at Nick and goes, Yes, Nick, why not? Why not? Just Hell knows yeah. that that's what he's gonna say. And I'm like, Yes, yes. All right, people in the <laughs> chat, I may have missed some of this, but if you can drop some of your favorite moments of 2022, let us know in the chat. Uh want to go over some of these i want to highlight some of it i know we got talking and started reading twitter so if you have any moments let us know we're gonna hang out we we got time off tomorrow yeah. i'm letting loose a little bit that champagne ball is almost gone we're just hanging out now this is fun yeah um go ahead. well i was kind of gonna go off of what happens at the arena because tonight oh i was just i didn't realize i didn't switch screens but oh okay. well i was just gonna say again about this entire community Tonight, it was, it, it's just always interesting when you meet new people that are coming up behind you and all the deuce bags and morons that come out and then they tell me their, their handle, like I'm so-and-so in the chat and I'm so-and-so in the chat and I'm just like, you're dope. Thank you so much. And then I meet some random people and there's these two sisters tonight, probably never even heard the podcast or anything. And they're holding a sign for their dad and she just starts bawling to me and she's like, my dad died a year ago today, and he was a huge Kings fan. One of them was wearing his Doug Christie jersey. The other was wearing a Peja Stojakovic jersey. She's like, will you take a picture? And I'm like, yeah. And like, so I brought them into the NBC studio set and everything. And my whole point to this, though, it was like this special moment for them to reflect on their dad, not only to celebrate a win, but to also feel like connected to the community and everything of king's fandom and it's just so cool how everyone is there for each other at these games it's the power of, it's it's to me the beauty and power of sports right truly is it brings so many people from different interests together in one spot and tonight you had another sold out crowd yeah i believe at the seventh straight sellout for sacramento seventeen thousand nine hundred forty six people in the building yeah i can tell you right now all those people they don't all believe in the same stuff they all come from different walks of life but for that two and a half hours they all love what they're seeing on the floor facts and it brings them together you know even you know i talk about the youtube chat like the chatters it's so funny i'm like yeah i know i you you do these after every game you're like oh hey what's up off topic what's up you know tin lambs here hey adam's here you know drew we got Drew Mac. We got Sacramento Dave. There's all these people I talk to all the time yeah. in chats and Discord. We argue, we laugh, we get frustrated, but ultimately we all kind of want the same thing. And it's just fun that right now when things are going well, it's just like one big party. And one more thing, kind of going off of that too, that 
um, just as a, a woman in sports that has dealt with lots of different things throughout my time. And throughout this last year, there's been some shitty times with people that just say, you're pretty or just something creepy and weird. And it's just about my appearance. And it's like, I don't give a shit. And I don't remember. I don't remember your name and I don't care. And then there's tonight, this guy named Ian who could have been with his wife or girlfriend. And he was just like, I just want to, and see, I remember his name and everything. And he was just like, I just want to tell you your in-depth analysis and started just breaking down what I, I bring as an, an analyst and as a, a basketball junkie. It was one of the best compliments I could have ever received. Thank you, Ian. I know you've said that you've watched the show before or you watch and everything. So my point is, though, it's like so special to me that there's so many people that just like have actually connected with me on a different level and understand like what I need too as a woman in sports and everything. So thank you to the Deuce Bags and Morons who have truly understood that with me over the past couple of years. Meanwhile, everyone just every tells you how me, pretty you God, are. You're so good looking. Dudes. Oh, it must be Man, really hard. Look at those cakes and those pants. Is that what they do? Damn. <laughs> Actually, you have been getting compliments on your outfits, though. I'm, you got to feel proud about that. No collar make you holler. All right. Mandarin uh, let's get to some uh, comments, including Loyal Sack Kings fan. My favorite moment is definitely the winning streak. Everything just felt different. It was amazing. Um, let's see. Deuce and Mo going deep about to bring me to tears. Hell yeah. Oh, I told Morgan earlier today, I'm probably going to cry tonight at some point. Yeah. He said that. And I was like, why are you going to cry? And he's like, end of the year. And I reflect on things. No, I, I do. Adam no. says Mo constantly checking Deuce is my favorite moment of the year. Okay. <laughs> let's go to some top Kings moments of the year. As I asked you guys to do yes. YouTube chat. Uh, how about Brick? One of the OGs says, uh, one Brick. of her top moments when I was down close at a game and someone brought a bag, a whole bag of cookies from the club area and passed them around. That's a good moment. Shout out to John who mm. says on the court, the Nets blow on the TNT off the court. I had a newborn. Oh, good That's job, cool. John. Uh, Beam me up says the Cavs come back. Dude, who could forget that? 19-0 run in Cleveland to win that game? That's, so, a, that's one of the top moments. Great point. 2022. Great point. Uh, Fox's game winner in Orlando. Oh, my. First game yeah. back. It's at, at Orlando hitting that heave at the buzzer. I'm not used to so many great moments in one year. Uh, Fox trying to get Keegan hyped up for the TNT broadcast. Um <laughs> Joseph says the comeback wins against the Cavs and Nuggets, a seven-game win streak, beating the Warriors and Pacers. Sabonis triple-doubles, three players going for 30-plus in a game. Uh, Corey says when Woj tweeted about Mike Brown signing with the Kings. as of one of the top moments of 2022. Great point. Someone also mentioned saying getting to see Fox buzzer beater live in Ooh. Orlando was the top Kings moment of 2022 for me. Also seeing Beam in person for the first time while beating the Lakers was awesome Amen. vincent was mentioning seven in a row that was cool uh blake says recency bias and that nuggets comeback domas's debut against the t-wolves the tntd game yes the grizzlies road victory and the return of halliburton and buddy yeah wow wow some big moments daily sabonis Back-to-back -back Wildcat Oops from Monk and Fox. Mm. That was cool. Yes. Introduction to the freaking laser beam. Wait, Morgan, did the Kings actually win oh. tonight? I'm just... It is 2022, last show. Arm the laser. Arm the laser! Begin 
higher than Lisa. There we go. You know how bad I want to do one. that on the post game show. You sh- you honestly, it kind of irritates me that you don't do it on the post game show. It seems. Don't take it, the rest. Oh, there's more. I'm so sorry. Um, it seems no. selfish. I don't know. Okay, so here's what I don't understand. In it, chat, Morgan, just so you guys know, does this fire the laser thing every night? Chat, correct? Has not done it once. On NBC Sports California post game, I'm like, dude, you have to. It's funny. Like you, you guys it's need to be It's not about me. It's like about. It's not. It's you're Matt not. Matt Barnes has the call bit. Like oh we have like the 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 big old um golden one center beam thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's not making it about yourself, but that's All fine. Right. Uh, someone in the chat says drunk Duke Deuce and Mo greater than Jaden. We're not. <laughs> I'm not You're even drunk. I'm not drunk, man. Uh, Charlie says Doma staring down Rick Car- Carlisle and yelling. Did he do that? I missed that when they played the Pacers. That'd be cool if he did. Dude, which, by the way, Rick Carlisle got thrown out in that game the other night. I know he shouldn't have been thrown out. Uh, Adam says nothing beats Morgan shaving Deuce's head. Yes. <laughs> totally forgot that happened this year. Uh, Sam says a drunk fan spewing all over the floor last year. That was... It's a breaking point I mean, moment. We, that was 2021, though, I believe, oh. right? Because didn't Walton get fired in 2021? Yeah, it was 2021. It was early. So that was the last year, a little over a year ago. That was not 2022. Yeah. No, I think you're right. So. twenty twenty one November 2021. Let's check in with Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Welcome in to Night Chat, Jamie. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Good. We're good, man. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, are you guys excited for New Year's? Uh, yeah. t- today's New Year's Eve, actually. Can you speak up a little oh, bit, please? It is. It's weird. Oh, yeah. My bad, my bad. It's no, cool. you're good. Um, it yeah, is. Technically, it is New Year's Eve now, so we have moved into our New Year's Eve show. Should we stay on for another 12 hours and welcome into the New Year? Let's talk about it. Actually, yeah, it'd be 24 hours. What am I talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, Jamie, what's on your mind, dude? Uh, nothing. Uh, I was going cr- I was going crazy after Herder got that game Winning three, uh, my grandma, I was yelling so loud that my grandma came and yelled at me. So like, All right. couple of questions. What did your grandma say to you? Be nice to the grandma. She told me to quiet down because my grandpa was sleeping. There you go. You know what you say? No, don't. No, 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 no. Jamie, listen to Deuce on this, okay? Uh, of course. You, you just, and note this. Mm. One, good. Grandpa needs to wake up and watch the game. Oh, good. Grandpa should be watching the game with me. He should be soaking up these moments with me in my youth as the Kings are winning games. He is sleeping while Kevin Herter is hitting daggers. And grandma, what are you doing not watching the game? Yes. You should be celebrating with me. Let's wake up the entire house because Kevin Herter just had a three. The beam is late. And you're going, "Uh, can you be quiet? I'm trying to watch Matlock. Grandpa's sleeping. Wake his ass up. It's time to celebrate. I love this. And Jamie, I think it's important to gaslight your grandparents yes! and manipulate them yes! and make them feel bad for doing that to you. The old man, wake up and celebrate. My grandma would be celebrating if she was still alive. Morgan. She was, my grandma was watching the news when it happened. Oh, the news. The news. The news. Yeah. Wait, let me, hold on. What channel? Do you know? No. Uh, All I just saw is. I it, just came down because she yelled at me. It told me to come down and then. I oh, if it was in case you are a three, then we got a problem. Oh, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> okay. Well, Jamie, um, thanks for letting us know. Huh. 
Exactly. Talk to your grandpa. It, honestly, if you want to wake him up and have a talk with him, be like, hey, we need to talk. Like, you can't. Right, I'll, I'll go do it right after this. All and, right. And right. Jamie, can I just say thanks for always being here yeah. in 2022? You know, you've, you've brought on all the 13-year-old friends of yours, and you really got to coach them up, though, and let them know how to talk on Night Chat. But you've done a great job bringing that crowd, so thanks. Yeah, no, they, were, they were too embarrassed to come on tonight. They're like, we have to go to bed early so we can stay up for New Year's tomorrow. <laughs> I love the deuce voice. Love the yes. deuce voice. Uh, Jamie, what are your plans for New Year's? Uh, I don't really know, honestly. And I, I think uh, on Sun, I think on Sunday though, on New Year's Day, I'll probably go airsofting with my dad and older brother. Dude, so on uh, last year, one of my best moments of twenty twenty two personally was oh. one of my best friends, Dylan, had Dylan. a bachelor party in Oatman, Arizona. And we had an airsoft war in like these canyons of desert. It was so fun. Well, that's I love airsoft, be dude. Yeah, dude, yeah, have fun, airsoft. man. That sounds awesome. Thank you. What are uh, you guys planning to do? Uh, nothing crazy, man. I'll I'll probably call it a night early. Probably ring in the nine o'clock New Year's. You know, East Coast, and we have to you work game the, the next day. day. So you got to be fresh. I can't that's, be all. Oh yeah, up. yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah, but hey, man, happy New Year, man. Thanks for being happy here. New Year. Have right. a good one. Bye, you Jamie. We, we had GGS here. Pranil was just here and he dipped oh, out. Oh, Pranil. What's up? Oh, we have our other 12-year-old fan here. Lo- Loyal Sack oh. Kings fan is in the building. What's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. What's going on with you? Hey, my goal for 2023 oh. for you is uh, to fix your headset. Okay, I got you. Um, my other problem <laughs> with Loyal Sack Kings fan. Oh, who, you have a problem. He was at the game tonight. And he didn't say hi to us? I told him, like, hey, I'm in top of section 106. He goes, yeah, I'm at 207. <gasps> and I went, oh, I can't come to you. I can't come over to you. And he's like, yeah, I'm with my with uncle. Him. Sorry. Bro, I, was, I would say hi if it wasn't with my uncle, okay? Trust What's me. You? I would say you had nice. I would say you had nice cake, too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, dude, so what was it like for you to be at the game, man? Oh, my heart stopped like five times. When, when Fox missed it twice, I thought we were going to lose. And then Herter hit that three. It was so loud, and it was insane. I loved it. It was my uncle's time seeing the beam, first time seeing the beam, too. Dude. Oh, that's so cool. My family was in uh, 209, and they were – and I think that was some of their first experiences of walking out and seeing the beam. So that it, they said that they had so much fun. Um, are you excited for 2023 Kings basketball? Yes, I hope we can make 2023 playoffs this year for sure. Dude, that would be amazing. Resolutions. Yeah. No, that I I, I hope that happens this year because I can't uh, like if the crowd is loud for 2022 in December in Game 34. Imagine what that would be like in mid-April for a playoff game. Yeah, it'd be tough, and no one wants no one would want to play there for sure. No, you're right, man. You're right. Well, hey, man, I uh, appreciate you checking in so much. Yeah. Happy New Year, right? Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. Happy you. New Bye. Year. Yeah. What were you showing me, Morgan? Oh. Yeah. Pranil? Yeah. I know. I wanted to mention one thing. Someone in the chat was asking a question. Ooh. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, Jason says, does it worry you the Kings have only played 15 Western Conference games out of the 34, the lowest in the conference, if I'm correct? Uh, it does not because they haven't played Houston yet. Okay. They still play the Lakers. If I'm not mistaken, have they played Oklahoma City yet? I don't remember. Or is a game it, a, is it one game against OKC? It might. Hold on, let me just double check. It would be on the road. 
So they haven't played OKC yet. <laughs> they haven't played Houston yet. They haven't played Minnesota yet. So like, yeah, I mean, uh, but they're they're pretty much aren't they close to done with the Warriors until late in the year? So yeah, I mean, look, the West is tough. It's going to be hard no matter what. So whether you play teams now or later, it's going to be difficult no matter what. So no, it doesn't concern me. And how about back-to-back wins against Western Conference opponents, including the Jazz and the Nuggets? Uh, One of our favorites, we go to another teenager. Uh, He just got back from India, Morgan. What? Had some food poisoning. Oh, God. Had a long flight back, was there visiting some family. He is Praneel. What's up, Praneel? What's up? I would have been on earlier, but I lost a rock, paper, scissors with loyal sackings. So <laughs> I, I, I had to let him go first. All good, dude. That's amazing. Man, Pernil, you're my favorite things. I've, I think you I think you made your debut in 2022 or was it late 2021? Yeah. It was 2022. It was, um, it was a draft. So. Yeah. Well, that wasn't your debut call, though, was it? Um, it, yeah, that I, was the first I time remember. I No, It was Pernil because I remember I Deuce came to me and he goes, yo, I'm putting on this 16 year old. I'm bringing him on our draft show and our draft show is pretty big. And, and I was like, wait, you're just bringing on some 16 year old. And he's like, no, Morgan, he's a basketball genius. The way he breaks down the game. He's so fun. I love talking to him. And I was like, all right, I trust you. And then obviously I started getting more and more on discord after because yeah, you brought it. It was 2022 debut of Pernil. Bernie, yeah. you have brought so much enthusiasm, knowledge, and joy for the game to the podcast, and uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah, thank you so much, and you guys give me like a platform to display my knowledge, so I really appreciate it. So, did you watch the game tonight? Were you able to stop pooping every two seconds because of your food poisoning <laughs> and watch the game? Yeah, um, I, I sucked it up and sat down on the front, uh, on in front of my monitor for about three hours. I was actually able to watch every single game in India because it was like yeah. 13 hours ahead. So it was 8.30 in the morning. So I'd watch it while eating breakfast. It was, it was really interesting. It was kind of interesting to watch games that early. But um, yeah, so this game was honestly, I thought it was really well played offensively. Um, I thought that we weren't able to guard marketing at all. Putting Barnes on marketing was, I would rather put Keegan on marketing, but yeah. that's hindsight because we won. But Marketing being 6'11", torched Barnes all night. He's just taller and bigger. Yeah, and it was that was a rough thing to watch at times. And Marketing yeah. is so good. His ability oh, to finish yeah. at the basket, hit from... You know, he had 20 points before he even hit a three tonight. Yeah. And oh, no, yeah. You guys, I was sitting next to someone, and it was just like a media member that I'd never met before, and he was like, wait, Marketing has 27 points or whatever it was at, the point, at that point. And... I was like, yeah, it's been silent, huh? And it's just because he gets his. He he finds ways to whether it's uh, be be smooth with it, with a jumper or a putback. Like, he just get his. Yeah, Jim Boylan misused him, like, in the worst way possible. He relegated him to, like, spot-up duty mm. when he's honestly a fantastic off-ball scorer. He, you can get him post-up plays because he's just so big. He's fantastic, obviously, shooting the ball. Today was not his best night, but that's doesn't really matter he's fast he can play the three he can play the four he can play the five he's just so damn good and dude could you yeah, imagine could you imagine if the kings were able to get that guy in okay. like free agency that's, that's my dream guys he would be per- he would be perfect for this team it would be insane oh yeah 
Because uh, he has size, too, at the three, meaning he can block some shots. Yep. And he yes. fits so well next to Sabonis because he's a smart player. He can cut. He can shoot. He can finish inside. He's just a perfect fit for this, for this team. But, I mean, the price for him is going up, like, at the minute. I don't think we'll have the assets to bring him in. We'll probably have to part ways with, like, Keegan. No, I, I think if you're Utah, too. Why would you? I mean, I, I want point. that guy part of my future. Thank you. Like, Oh, yeah. He's yeah. the modern-day NBA, man. Yeah, you're saddled with all these picks because Ainge, Danny Ainge, like, I, I know a lot of people like Monty McNair should win executive of the year if the Kings play well and make the playoffs, and he'll be in the running for sure, no doubt about it. But, He's like, Ainge. what Danny Ainge did, he pulled off even the Mitchell trade. The Mitchell trade looks great for them. And then oh, the, yeah. the Gobert trade is one of the biggest steals that's ever been pulled off. Like I, I, I sit back and wonder if Danny Ainge has like something that Conley doesn't want to come out about him. Pictures, videos, <laughs> some crazy shit that went down because I still don't know to this day why Minnesota felt like they had to give up so much to get Rudy Gobert. Yeah. When it's not oh, like yeah. he was a missing piece. The fit was questionable to begin with. And it's, it's been a huge miss on their part and something that is probably going to set them back for years to come. Yeah, and what's insane is that Walker Kessler, who's seen as like kind of like a throw-in, he was yes. just like that last play piece, he's averaged more blocks than Rudy Gobert this year. And he's been a fantastic rim protector who I think that the, you know, the Timberwolves could have developed and used similarly to how they're using Rudy Gobert right now. It's a great you know? point. Yeah, you could have had all your picks. You could have had Kessler on a rookie deal. Instead, you pay a guy in Gobert who's in his 30s. He's making a ton of money, and you extended Cat. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, they're they're screwed. I mean, at least Jane McDaniels looks super nice. I mean, I'm yeah. a big Jane McDaniels truther, and he's been like their only— him and Nasri have been their only bright spots, but— that team is rough. Dude, Mor- in, Morgan was Morgan was just bringing up Nas Reed the other day as a target for the Kings. Yeah, right? a free agent going into this next year, and I just look at him as someone that could be the perfect type of backup: big, strong, aggressive. Can uh, stretch the floor a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just he's. How can we get yeah, him? He's your. Um, I feel like he's playing himself into more minutes. He stole some of Gobert's minutes late in the Miami game a Dude. couple of days ago. And, like, he's continuing to play a lot better than expected. And I feel like the Timberwolves, especially with Cat's injury, are not going to want to part with him. Maybe come the trade deadline, we can get away with, you know, some steal if they really want to, like, consolidate for, like, a better playmaking guard because um, they have some issues playmaking. Kyle Anderson was that piece until he got injured. He was playing well in that position. But yeah. they might want a playmaking guard to add with Ant, who obviously doesn't do a lot of playmaking, and Cat and Gobert. But... Yeah, um, Nas Reed would be a great piece. But today, Rashawn Holmes looked fantastic. Hey, so Give him you know credit, what? dude. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm still not out on Rashawn being a contributor on this team. And, you know, he, he's admitted to overthinking things this year, especially with, like, look, you got new coaches, a new role, a new offense, different defensive responsibilities. Maybe this was his chance to kind of find his, his way a little bit. And if... Because he is not as bad as a player as we have seen this year. He's just not. You know, I, I just I don't agree that he is unplayable. And if he can be in this later part of the season, the last fifty something games, is like a nice reserve. Yeah, it'd be huge for Sacramento. It's almost like an addition to the team. Oh yeah, in these last three games, I think he's shown that he's probably the best backup big man option on this team. 
He's mobile. He can, you know, defend in spurts. He's probably one of the most underrated big men that can defend along the perimeter. He's really damn mobile, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. And I saw a bit more pick and rolls than I saw earlier in the year with Rashawn. Yes. And that's something that really does help him. And we know that Mike Brown tends to stagger Fox and Sabonis a lot. And much to the chagrin of Kings fans on Twitter who rather Fox play with, you know, Sabonis to open up Fox's game. I think if you do a little bit more pick and rolls with Fox and Rashawn, you can both help Fox because Fox obviously can operate the pick and roll extremely well and also would be helpful for him to have like a big man that can, you know, run the pick and roll and open it up for him a little bit while also having Rashawn who operates primarily in the pick and roll as we saw with Halliburton and just, you know, he cooks there. So, Pernil, just really quick off the pick and roll too, you you notice like it doesn't even have to be Fox in that pick and roll with Rashawn Holmes. It could be Keegan. It could be Malik Monk. Like he's shown. It could be it, TV, yeah, yeah, it could be Kevin Herter. Like there's so many guys that are good at that two-man game um, and in that pick and roll with Rashawn Holmes even. It's like Rashawn Holmes gives them the ability to, hey, toss it above the rim. That's where I can play. Or if you want me to have this, you know, effective push shot, from wherever in the paint, I can do that as well. I just think he's so dynamic in that pick and roll that there are so many other guys that can work with him in that too. Yeah, and like this team is, I think, a bit better for him. Uh, outside of last year, obviously he hasn't been playing as well, but this team is smarter. This team has more ball handlers. This team has more guys that can operate the pick and roll. So based off of that, it should be a better fit for Rashawn, even if he's not getting the minutes. Obviously, we run DHL. Rashawn is not great in DHO, but simply based off the fact that we want playmakers feeding Rashawn, it should work a little bit more simply off of like paper, not even looking at what we do offensively. But yeah, he's, he hasn't really been there. He's looked a lot better. It's been promising. Um, I think that if Rashawn keeps playing like this, there's no reason to go after your backup big. Um, Dude, Rashawn's fair. If, 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 fair. And that's the thing. Like, I think if he plays to what we think he could have played before the season, you're right. Like then they don't have to make a move for another big, and maybe you'd make a slight one for that purposes, I guess. Um, but yeah, it would be so significant if he can come in and if he can play 15 minutes a night, 14, 15 minutes a night, come in like tonight. That block he had, mm. it was, was huge. It was so. It was a big moment, and you even guys. Rudy Gay's trying to jam on his head. He fouled him. He's like, "You're not getting shit easy." That was one of my favorite things. He's looking more like himself again and could go a long way for Sacramento because that's yeah, he's, been, he's the back of five has been a major issue all year. Yeah, we've seen almost every single like backup quality player, like even like anyone that can marginally play the five, play that five position for us. So Rashawn can be that. It's perfect. It, it'd be great. And that's like the last thing we kind of need. What else jumped out to you tonight? Any uh, other players? Oh, yeah. Um, there was like, I think there was like three things. There was three little clips, but like there was these three Keegan passes that I was just so excited about. And I mean, Keegan obviously hasn't been like the super high usage three-point shot, three-point shooter we've seen like earlier in the season. He's sort of like been a little bit off. We've been using him a lot as a decoy. There was like a couple plays where like he just cut back door and opened up Kevin Herter for like a three-point shot because people gravitate towards Keegan because he's like a 6'9 movement shooter, which is pretty damn insane. But like there was these Keegan passes that I was just like, damn, that's so cool. He had a risky and, one late, a real risky one that yeah, got in real, there. And then there was like one earlier in the game, which was just beautiful. It was I think it was like he was coming off like a screen from Sabonis and then he like hooked it in between two defenders to like I think it was Harrison Barnes it was just beautiful and like if Keegan can 
we saw a little bit of this in like the preseason earlier in the year. If Keegan be- can become like a pick and roll ball handler, even if it's in like spurts, it'd be really cool for his development because Keegan is obviously a great off ball scorer, as we saw in college, as we've seen a little bit in the NBA. If you can, if you can let him like handle the ball a little bit, become like that pick and roll passer, it'd be so great for his development. He's only what twenty two years old. If he can become that playmaking, a little bit of playmaking flashes. It can open up his game so damn much, man. It'd just be so great for him. He's just a smart player, too. And I, I, I'm still super high on Keegan Murray. Um, he ends oh, up playing yeah. 27 minutes tonight. But um, he's fighting through the injury, too. And it's just like yeah. Sabonis. He's fighting through it. You Guys, look at their hands. It's wrapped the same way. I don't. Yeah. I can't. I don't have specifics. I can't get it totally confirmed yet. There, it's being be quiet about it. But like, it looks like the it's very similar injuries that they're battling through right Tough now. Tough guys and, out there. Yeah. Tough guys. Yeah. And, 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 also and Kevin King Herter. is not complaining about it. You know, he's just playing. What you got on Kevin? I was. I was gonna say that Kevin Herter is like mid range and like his in between game has been a big surprise for me throughout this entire year. And like even in the slump. Kevin Herter was able to impact the game in ways Buddy Heald couldn't. And obviously, I'm I'm like, I don't know if anyone else compares the two. I compare the two a ton. I look at the two and I look at what Kevin Herter can do and otherwise can't do versus what Buddy Heald can and can't do because they're obviously playing, filling in similar positions for the Kings. Um, and Kevin Herter is just so damn good at just figuring out what to do if his three punch out is not falling. And obviously, if his three-point shot is falling, he's like 15, 20 points a night for us. And it's been great. But, like, when it's not falling, he's able to figure out ways to make plays in, like, cutting or, like, Thank hitting you. those weird little hooks. Thank you. And, like, yeah. No, Perniel, that's what it is. It's, like, being willing to make that sacrifice, to make that extra push to to cut without the basketball. It's not easy. Wait, Tim, more. did he have a hook? Was that a hook shot? A post-up hook shot on Markinen tonight? Did he? Yeah, that's what I was referring yeah. to. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like that's why when you do compare the two, you you look at sacrifice and what you're willing to do for your team. And cutting without the basketball at an elite level is is a sacrifice. It, it it's he does it so well, and I'm just so happy he's with the squad. Yeah, Kevin Herter's the prototypical elite role player for like any NBA team to want. The fact that we got him for like a first round pick in Justin Holiday is like the biggest steal I've seen in like recent NBA history, oh, especially on. for a guy like Kevin Herter. They also gave up Mo Harkless. You can't come on now. Oh, God. Come Damn. on now. Harkless. Put some Dude, respect on that. Atlanta names. Atlanta has made some major mistakes and they're in a really tough spot right now as a team. Atlanta Atlanta is cooked. I mean, with like the Shams thing that came out earlier this day and then obviously blowing that lead to lebron and like lebron and um let me check uh um john toscano anderson yeah kind of tough you know um but yeah atlanta's in a bad spot and guess what we play them in like three days four days so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a nice little matchup for us to see a little win there perneal we can't thank you enough for what like I said, dude, you bring so much passion, Truly. energy, and knowledge of the game. And I love so much that you've been a part of our community. Happy New Year, my man. Thanks for uh, calling us, man. Happy New Year. Yeah, for sure. And th- thank you for giving me the platform. I guess like it, being able to talk what I know and like, express my knowledge and love for the game. I never, really appreciate it. Never stop. Never stop, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. You, you're you're going to go a long, long way, man. All right. Uh, yeah. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. Good bye. night. Neil checking in. Sleep dream. That kid is 16 years old. And Dude. Morgan references 
I just knew the way he like talked about the game in our Discord chat. I'm like, this guy can talk hoops. Like, bring him when on. When Deuce was so confident about it, but that's what I also love about what you enjoy about other basketball junkies is that you're down to empower. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter where they're from or what they're just in school. Oh, or their dad is a coach. It doesn't matter. You're down to bring them to another level. Dude, and I, I had him, um, been amazing. You know, our buddy, Anthony McClish, former Stockton oh. Kings general manager. And now he runs the G league ignite program, you know, with Scoot Henderson. Amazing. Perneal connected with him. They it, did connect? Yeah, yeah. I connected the two because I'm like, Perneal wants to be like an NBA GM. I'm like, Anthony McClish is this young, budding job, future exec. Dude. I'm like, they got to talk. Like, yes. just so Perneal can pepper him with questions. So they did connect and they chatted about things. And so. let me just give love to, to the close to 500 people live that are still here at 1230 in the morning Get on New Year's now. Eve. It's now from a New Year's Eve Eve show to a New Year's Eve show. We are live, Deuce and Mo, after every single game. We are here. We were here in 2020 when the Kings had nine-game losing skids multiple times, and we're here tonight. As we approach the year of 2023, a huge year lies ahead. The Kings trying to make a playoff push. The Kings are at 19 and 15 on the season. This time last year, we're 15 and 22. You guys were here in the beginning when there were 20 people watching us live. Then it grew to 30. Then it's 100. And then you saw our subs grow from 2,000. In fact, Morgan, I showed you a screenshot from last year when we had 2,000 subs. And I yeah. screenshotted it. I was so happy. And now our community has evolved into 9,000 plus subscriptions on and YouTube. I'm it just keeps as growing. happy. It's and it's tight knit. It's legit. It's interactive. So cool. So cool. Oh, you guys are, it. you don't even know what you do for us. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Twitter Spaces for the first time oh, tonight. Yes. Let's check in with our old pal, CJ. What's up, CJ? What's up, y'all? How you doing, man? Good. Hey, I'm feeling good. Honestly, that monologue has me hyped. Oh, hey, Let's just say a Deuce, like 20, Deuce, 20, Deuce Mason cut a promo. You know that. Yeah, I was here. And I'm hyped. <laughs> Were you at the game tonight, CJ? No. So um, I'm actually back home for like the first time in like two, three years. And uh, I went to the first Denver game and we lost. I didn't get to see the beam. Aww. But uh, the two games after that were really freaking crazy games. So, like, I need to I need to go back to another game. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to see the beam. But, yeah, yeah I mean, even the energy in the building that night was pretty fun, even though they lost. Yeah, I was actually trying to find you guys, but I don't know where you hide at. So well, maybe one, I wasn't uh, at that game. One, one, Deuce Mason doesn't hide. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> Yeah. You, you, some revolutionary TV said Deuce is a man of the people. He did? Yeah, Thank literally you. someone just said that. I, during game, before games, I'm on the court. You know, I'm mingling. I'm talking to the people. I'm trying to get the pulse on things. And then during the game, I'm at the top of section 106. So if you're ever uh, at a game and you want to say what's up, Hit me up on a DM on Twitter or Instagram or Discord, whatever. Let me know. I'm like, hey, I'm at section 106. I'd say the best times would probably be after a game. Yeah. Maybe right before a game, halftime. It's never a burden for anyone that's ever we like. We always say hi to people. Yes, like always say hi. 
sick. All right, I'm going to try to pull up the Laker game. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. So uh, what, what do you think about tonight? Yeah, honestly, like tonight and uh, the Denver game were both like gritty, gritty games, gritty wins. And, uh, man, like, you know, Davion Mitchell was a dog. Tomas was a dog. Fox, dog. No. Kayvon, dog. Oh, no. Okay. Deuce and Mo, dog. Me? Dog. We got dogs everywhere in the chat. They're here. If you're here after midnight, we're approaching the one o'clock hour. We finished a bottle of champagne. We got dogs all in the chat. Is it the booth? Is it the booth? Man, hey, I've been drinking too, so I'm feeling good too. I can tell. Uh... (laughs) Um, But yeah, honestly, I feel like, yeah, like I said, these past two wins is really, really good games, really great experiences. And I think it's going to come in handy, you know, um, when we do, you know, come playoff time. Because I don't know if it was a Boston or... Or I forgot what team it was, but uh, I forgot what it, what team it was. But honestly, um, there was like a younger team last year, and I mean they were not really proven um, like that. I, honestly, I can't I can't even fucking remember. Yeah, I can but, tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I, think, I was waiting for those twelve year olds to finish talking. I was like, oh shit, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Let me get my shit together. Um, nah, but um they're just referencing, you know, like all these regular season games when those experiences come in handy. And yeah, honestly, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> you know what, dude? Happy New Year. No, you're good, man. You're good. Happy New Year. Appreciate your dog bit. It was a good bit. And uh, we'll talk to you in 2023, <laughs> CJ. Uh, okay, let's try this again next year. Right. Bye, CJ. I'm not even mad, all right. man. It's all right, man. He, no, dude. He yeah, had some great. nice moments. He had some nice moments. He had some moments. nice moments. The dog moments. So even I, I started barking. I was, yeah, you got into it. He set that up nice, too. Well, I think nice. he said like something about him being a chihuahua, so I went, <laughs> <laughs> So Keegan was on the set with you guys tonight, yeah. and I'm trying to see if like they lit the beam. I, I want to see if this clip is him actually asking, like oh. talking about the beam. Okay, Let's okay. Play it. Was it after? Handle it anymore. The other night against Denver tonight, Ooh. but these are great wins. Just tell me, what's it like playing? Yeah, it wasn't this one. Being able to gut out the win. Yeah, I mean, oh man, um, especially playing against uh, these really good Western Conference teams um, that we've played these last couple games. So um, the crowd's been great, especially towards the end of the game, and uh, I feel like it's definitely helped us go on some runs late. So as okay. people who are watching, there's a a. a Golden One Center 3D print with a beam. Shout out Dave Lack, one of the best Kings fans out there. He made this and gave it to the NBC people. So Kyle hit it and asked Kyle about it. Or uh, Kyle asked Keegan about it, right? So, yeah, Kyle came back around after like three questions and was like, what do you think about this, Keegan? And Keegan goes, it's pretty cool. And then we're dying laughing because we're like, "Is that like, what he did?" Yeah, yeah. No, it was just well, like so Keegan, right? Well, like, no, it's, it was it was it was pretty cool. It was, like, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like, uh, I like how the beam lights up. Such and... a Keegan moment, right? But then, but then, this is what I love. His follow up was, "How much does that cost?" <laughs> Kyle, I'm like, I love Keegan Murray so much. Do you say like, what? How much does it cost? No. Yeah, I was just really excited. Your Keegan is now let's, not uh, let's that hear from great. Keegan Murray after this Kings win. 
Yeah, I just think it was a really good win, and like we we played hard, and you know the the, the fans were were loud. Um, it was it, it was good. It's not that bad, but he has a little bit more of just a little bit. Yeah, so I I would say like it it was loud, and I, I was just really excited because like we won. That honestly, not that bad. My, I'm, God, working I, I'm working on my King and Murray. I'm working on my King and Murray. I'm working on my King. Yeah, but how about my King and Murray? Oh, wait, I have to give you another compliment? That's like six compliments in the last two hours. Well, yeah, I'm just like. No, I, we're done with compliments. Goodbye. Well, Sabonis. Okay. I mean, he's he's just perfect. I did ask him about Sabonis, like, and if that motivated them, him playing with a broken thumb. No big deal. Well, yeah, you know, we have the same okay. thumb and like no. we're, we're just kind of no. we're kind of working our way through it. What's up, Alex? Alex, are you there? Alex, we oh. want to hear you. Alex. Unmute. Oh. There you go. What's up, Alex? What's up? How's it going? And by the way, real fast, uh, because Eddie was like, "Hey, don't mock my guy." I'm not Mocking. Oh, it's not mocking. I, I love Keegan Murray. I'm, love. That's trying cool. to literally I'm impersonate his voice. I'm loud and obnoxious. I yeah, lo- I love the guy. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Uh, you good know, point. I love Deuce too. Uh, what's up, Alex? What's up, guys? Man, that was a really good game, and what a good send off into the new year. I would say. I would. Say, I would man. say that too. What do you like, man? Oh, man, just like that one guy was saying about the defense, like I'm huge on defense myself and just seeing all of the the defense throughout the whole night, especially Davion, like that got me hyped. Right? It was, I think it was something that got you hyped, but it got the entire arena hyped. And that's what makes it so special is that it's not a dunk. It's not some three point shot. It's a defensive play that is getting people excited. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was good. Just, I always love seeing good defense and let's keep it up. All right, man. Happy New Year, Alex. Thanks for checking in, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out. Bye, Alex. Alex is gone. That's so sweet. I was hyped. Uh, I do want to get to a couple of things. Go ahead. You had a question from uh, the people on Twitter. Yes. So on Twitter, what is your Kings game? Good luck superstition. Like, what do you do when watching the Kings game to bring them good luck? I know we all have them. Um, he said, mine, I have to find a different chair when the other team goes on a run. Hilarious. So Mike Brown talked about this before the game. And I kept looking at you because we were both in the press conference room. And I kept saying, Deuce, Mike Brown and I are the same human being. Mike Brown and I are the same human being. Because Mike Brown was saying how, like, I would uh, make sure to switch my face. And am I wearing the same green underwear? Like, he was just making dad jokes, you know, whatever. But Because he was referencing watching the games from home the last couple of games. And yes. And what I had referenced the other night against the Nuggets, I said to you, I had a national podcast playing while watching the Kings game. And because they started going on a run, I was like, oh, I can't take the national podcast off and as soon as the game started ending the podcast started running out and i was like no 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 the podcast has to keep going it's been good luck this whole time weird superstition but anyway it was just like it just depends on the night i'm just not 
I'm just not I that person. Not. I used I to be as a kid. I used to be as a kid. I it's used not to... a kid thing. It's, I'm, a... it's not taking a shot. I'm telling you what I used to be like. Adults do it too. It's I, I, oh, I'm I aware, but I'm just more emotional. Mike Brown does it. I mean. Yeah, you I are hit... emotional. So, you know, I'm sitting next to G-Man at the game. <laughs> and, you know, you got, so you got G-Man, Jason Ross, Henry Turner, and then to the right of me, an engineer, and then the Utah Jazz play-by-play, David Locke, and then his analyst. And, dude, during plays, I'm I'm hitting the table. Like, I'm pissed about a play. I, there, I, three to four times today, I did this. I went, took off my headset. Like, that is, honestly, I'd be very annoyed with you. I'm. I get upset. No, I, I we like, know. I feel like I'm on the bench. I'm, I'm like part of the team. The two NBC shows that we did together, when, some of my best moments in 2022, that we did together, though, and we watched with a producer, I was so embarrassed by your actions because they are, it's like, Deuce, you're not with your radio booth people who have known you for 10 years and know your actions. You're with brand new people. When you're... A basketball oh, mind. Here we go. You just approach the game differently. You have expectations. Mm. You're more approaching it from adjustments. I'm no, not I'm not I don't let about... my emotions like hang on my sleeves. I like watch the game. You're like, like fesh. Hey, uh, I just took a sip at this moment when Fox had the dunk. I have to take a sip again because then there's going to be another dunk. Or I need to put a penny in my shoe while I play basketball because that makes me better. I, no, yes, I'm I about. I'm watching penny. the game. I'm doing it from an analytical standpoint. Something. You're, okay, you're, bitch, you're, I used to be an athlete and put a penny in my shoe because I it know. was lucky, and then I would ball out and break some ankles. Morgan, you're watching the game. You're playing checkers, all right? I'm I'm, oh. I'm playing a different oh. level of chess, okay? <laughs> so you have fun with your superstitions, and, oh. oh, if I do this, maybe this will happen. No, I'll tell you what, what will happen oh. if you make the right rotation, if you play Fox for a certain amount of time. If you play this lineup, Bar. well, you're worried about, oh, should I dip my... I do appreciate your ketchup? Excel sheets. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Sean says Deuce is superior. Ah! <laughs> Rory says Mo is a hooper, Deuce is a nerd. Yes. Say it what it is. Come on now. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to get to, and we're going to have our end of year messages. Oh. Can we just appreciate the NBA for a second? One, it's easier to appreciate now that the Kings are playing well, 19 and 15 on the year. Yeah. But the amount of just like big time scoring games. We had LeBron tonight with 47, 10, and 9 on his 38th birthday. Amazing. That was incredible, right? I mean, Gary Trent Jr. dropped 35 tonight for Toronto in a win over the Suns. Damn. Zach Levine had 43 tonight. Okay. Yes, he did that on 15 of 20. Yeah, ridiculous. That was in a win over the Pistons. Whew. How about Giannis tonight? 43, 20, and 5. See, and when I even, I'm about to say, not surprised. Three 40-point games right now we're in getting it, to. I mean, that's... Be that, surprised. That's great. Yeah. Uh, how about tonight? CJ McCollum, who is having... An incredible year in an all-star conversation. Dropped 42 points tonight against the Sixers in a win. Four 40-plus point games right at this moment. You're not even mentioning Zion for 36 and Embiid for 37. Uh, Zion, how, how'd you get those five rebounds? Okay. I'm just being yeah, petty. You're I totally love Zion. Being I'm just ass. joking. Yeah, Embiid had 37 in the loss, but 42. No big. 42 points. Totally. CJ McCollum is not just 42. 
CJ hit 11 threes tonight. He was 11 of 16 from downtown. Incredible. What a performance. Denver wow. tonight. How about Jokic giving you 19, 12, and 12 trip dub? Another triple double for Jokic. Golden State. I love going around the NBA. Golden State beat Portland tonight. What? And another 40 point game. We're to five. Jordan Poole dropped 41 against the Blazers. Remember, they're without Steph Curry. All of a sudden, the Warriors are Damn. building some confidence playing without Steph, without relying on Steph Curry. 41 from Poole. Thompson with 31. Kaminga showing some flashes of being a productive player. They beat Portland tonight. Yeah. That's a big win for them. 34 and a loss for Lillard. And any win they get without Steph, that's huge. So, anyway, five 40-point games in the NBA tonight. Impressive. That's, I mean, impressive is an understatement. The Let's league has never been so talented. Yeah. Like, it's there is every night you turn on a game. You know, I'm watching Pacers-Cavs last night. It's a great game. Flip over another. That's a great game. There's just talent everywhere you look. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, you can name any team and be like, oh, this team's just rebuilding or this team is this. There's so much individual talent. There's so many stars. There's so many guys that are enjoyable to watch. Um, and, and that's what's been making the NBA so fun, too, because I think there's certain teams you enjoy, and then there's certain individuals that you can enjoy, just depending on what type of basketball fan you are. Morgan, let's take a look at the... NBA standings. Final show of 2022. Okay, now. And as we end 2022, the Kings are sitting in the fifth spot in the Western Conference. I see you. If the if the playoffs started today, like my friend Whitey Gleason would say. Ugh, love Whitey. If the playoffs started today, the Kings would be opening up with the Clippers. Kings might win that series. Oh, look at us uh, now. So right now, the number one seed, you got the Pelicans and Nuggets tie, but the Pelicans are at number one. Nuggets number two. The Grizzlies at number three seed, a one and a half behind the Denver Nuggets. The Clippers uh, three games back after that loss in Boston last night. That was another great game. Boston Clippers last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When Derek White accidentally came around with the elbow, hit Reggie Jackson. Jackson. I love that. Play. How about how about Derek White's big block at the end? And Horford had one, too. I know. I know. I was just mentioning that intensity of the game started from that moment. So yes. Clippers are four. Sacramento, the five spot, three and a half back. Dallas right behind them, three and a half back. The Suns in the seven spot. They've lost two in a row now. Uh, they're four games back. Portland with a loss in Golden State tonight. They're 18 and 17 right behind them. Golden State at 19 and 18. And the Utah Jazz with the loss tonight, 19 and 19. And then I feel like there's a drop-off. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's too early to say this because you, it's hard to predict. But, like, you start to sense the separation a bit here. And I don't, obviously things can change fast. But the Rockets, Spurs... Thank you for coming. They're oh. in they're in the victor race, right? Sure. The Lakers, we were just celebrating LeBron's big night, but without AD, even if he comes back soon, they're still a flawed team. They're 15 and 21. Yeah. They're they're a team that literally has to make moves, but obviously we were at the G League showcase and it didn't sound like there was going to be a lot of moves made in the West. They're three games out of the plane at this mm -hmm. point. OKC, you know. They have nights where you're like, you see the talent, but it's like, how serious are they going to sure. be about trying to get in? SGA has been incredible. 
they have moments where you're like, oh, you see the young talent come together. Minnesota still playing without Cat. Gobert's been a mess. I guess there is a chance that they could turn it around just from a pure talent perspective and get maybe into the play-in conversation. But you kind of look at this 10 and go, I think these are probably the 10 teams. And we don't know the order. We don't know how it's all going to unfold. But I feel like these are the 10 teams that are going to be in the mix. Yeah. And maybe Minnesota gets back into it. I don't buy the Lakers getting back into it. We're deeper into the season, and it feels more like we have a pull on a lot of these teams. And 34 games is not a small sample. That's what I'm saying. And I think even for the Sacramento Kings, it's hard to believe for so many people like, well, what teams are going to turn around and be different because they have a star and they have this. Believe what you see with this squad and some of the wins that they're pulling out. They're showing that they have the will, the ability to be that type of team. Not sure what that yeah. ultimately means. Lawrence but. was saying anyone 11, 12, and 13 could have a run like New Orleans did last year after their bad start and win the plan. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss it. I just think when you look at like Houston, San Antonio, they're not trying to get in. You know, the teams who want to get in, Minnesota and the Lakers want to get in. Yes. They want to win. So I'm not trying to completely dismiss them. It just looks so bad with the Lakers, and they look so flawed, and they didn't make it last year. Well, Minnesota did make it last year, and you could make a case that, hey, Cat comes back. You know, go bear. The fit is better later in the year. They can make a run. They make a tweak or two, and they're back into it. So not dismissing, but you just feel like these 10 that are in it right now are legit. Absolutely. It's fun. How long have we been on here? Two hours. Two fifteen. Oh, two hours and 15. It's a good one to end the year. Oh, I, li- I like hell. a nightcap like this. I do, too. Uh, as we do the final night chat of 2022, Morgan, any message or memory or anything you would like to say at the end of this? Um, I would like to say I'm so excited to meet in person this uh, one very special podcast listener that reached out to say the kindest things about us and our podcast and how it's made him feel connected. Like it's something he looks forward to uh, every night when there's a Kings game and his name's John and he's been battling ALS since last June. And it's like literally, you know, is going to, um, he, he put a Reddit post out and he said, he's like, Hey, hope to make it out make it for the rest of the season, right? Like Mm. it's, it's just quick how ALS works, right? 31 years old. And I thought about how he took the time to make this very kind comment and, and reach out and DM. And it was just special. It was like, he, he can't physically type it. He has to have, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like, like, you know, it reads your eyes. Eye tracking. Yes. Or? Eye tracking. Thank you. It's eye tracking. And, and he took the time to, to put this out there and to DM and everything. And, um, we're going to bring him out to a Kings game coming up and it's people like special people like John that just make this worth it. And it just, it's like one of those moments, like don't waste life on being mad on anything else. Like you just see people like John who are being kind 
to so many others and touching people's lives, even when he hasn't even met them. So just make sure going into 2023 that you are being kind and treating others how you want to be treated because that is how you should live. Live like John, who, again, I haven't even met, and I just know that he's like one of the most special humans I've ever encountered um, just over DMs. I can't imagine dealing with what he's dealing with and his family and to have the perspective to just enjoy what's in front of him now is huge a pretty cool thing yeah no huge kings fan and and he's enjoyed this community of the podcast and obviously the king's community so um yeah uh I'll, i'll let everyone know too when when uh and if he's okay with it knowing what game he's coming out to too so if anyone else wants to like come out and just enjoy this amazing podcast listener and kings fan i mean this community is amazing so let's enjoy john yeah, I, I don't know how to really top that off um, besides to thank everybody. Um, when we started this journey to kind of relaunch and commit to doing the podcast and had this idea of like, hey, we should just start going live after games. Mm. It'd be fun to go live after games. And yes. it's like, hey, let's yes. do like a little podcast and maybe we'll hang out. And it evolved into this thing that like I never thought would be possible, which is night chat. And it's brought people together to talk about this team that's been beyond frustrating and annoying, but also in this <laughs> yeah. moment has been so fun and in moments brings us so much joy. And to kind of go through the highs and lows of that together while at the same time making friendships through this, Dude. right? And for us, from a professional standpoint, it's allowed me to do something I really love, which is after every game, win or lose, we get to come in here and just talk about the game. And we have fun talking about it. And we try not to, you know, have any hot takes. We just want to ha- come in here. We want to laugh. We want to talk, be crazy. I mean, we have vent. Light, vent, whatever, light up jackets, any stupid things we do. But it's just been fun to to build this community. And then, like, I just, I, I, I'm forever grateful for it because... The response we've received has been so life changing. It's been yeah, for our careers. Like we want nothing more in our careers. I can speak for both of us just to work around sports and basketball. We love the NBA. We love the Kings. We love talking about him. You know, we, we, we didn't get in the business to be famous. I think that's the wrong reason to get into anything. We got in this business because I want to hang out, talk sports and Kings and NBA and do something I love and feel fulfilled. And I, every time we do this podcast, every time we hang out after a game, after the end of the night, I feel fulfilled. And Facts. I get to do it in my hometown. You know, and that's like, it, it's led to you getting opportunities at NBC, me getting opportunities at NBC, the and people in the NBA seeing what we're doing, going, hey, let's uh, see if you guys want to try some broadcast stuff with us. It's led to so many great things. And it just... I'm I'm forever indebted and grateful to all of you who take the time to support us. Even if you disagree with us, even if we annoy you, whether you love us, hate us, whatever, we're just one big dysfunctional family at times. I can't thank you enough. And and I know we always talk about like what it's done in 
for our careers, truly, because it has. But I think ultimately for the both of us, and I speak for both of us on this, that it's it's brought fulfillment and happiness. And no matter what the shit happens with both of our careers, what's happened with this has brought so much more to life than I could have ever imagined. So thanks. Yeah, no matter what happens in our careers, just know 100% this shit is not going anywhere. Night chat will be a thing a because thing. it doesn't matter what changes and stuff does change. You know, 2023, you never know what could happen. We could be doing more things. We could be doing other things, but night chat will be here every single game. You all make it worth it. Um. So with that said, we appreciate you guys so, so, so much. For the final time in 2022, we love you guys, but we got to go. You all have the happiest of happy New Year's. See ya! Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. Hero.co.